Hello guys, Jonathan here from Arcade Repair Tips. We would just like to take a moment and thank you for listening to the audio replay of the live show here on the podcast feed. We'd also like to remind you to join our live show on the first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. It's always a great time and we enjoy interacting with people just like you in our live chat. So be sure to make plans to be there for the next one. Remember also that we have an after show that takes place immediately after the live show. And if you'd like to listen to the audio from that, you will need to check it out on our YouTube page, which can be found at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. So let us continue on with a short word from our sponsor, and then we'll get to the episode. Broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas, it's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 71 of the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show for January 2023. My name is Jonathan Leung, I'm the producer, director, and editor here at the Arcade Repair Tips video series. And joining me today as always is Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself. Tim Peterson. Tim, how you doing? I'm doing good, Johnson. Happy uh, New Year. Happy New Year. Isn't that crazy? That last year just seemed like a blur. I'm telling you, 2023. I, I mean, it, it seems so futuristic. Uh, I was playing uh, Teenage Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, the arcade uh-huh. game with the kids, and one of the future dates in there is 2020. <laughs> and now I realize like how far away we are even from that. 2020 seemed so futuristic at one point, and now we've blown right past it, Tim. So, happy 2023 to all you guys out there. We hope that you had a great Christmas and a great New Year's, or whatever else you had, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever else you guys celebrate. Hopefully it was a great one. But we will be doing all sorts of stuff tonight on the live show, answering some of your arcade repair-related questions, going over some news, Tim. Quite a bit of news broke. In fact, we had two big stories that broke literally within the last three days that kind of got added to the outline last minute. So we'll be going over that stuff as well. But let me check in with you, Tim. How are things going? How was your Christmas, New Year, just generally? Well, good. um, Had some time off. Uh, Both uh, my son was in from uh, South Carolina. And so we had all the kids and, you know, good family time. But at some point, it was kind of like I almost was ready to get just in a regular routine. And this week uh, has been a little bit of that. <laughs> a little bit of that. It seems like we're, uh, you know, something about just coming home, going to work, doing. We stayed so busy. There was so much to do, so much to prepare for that uh, it kind of wore me out a little bit. But I was glad I got to see some good football games and did have some time off. So never going to complain about that. And we'll talk about those football games in the after show, right, Tim? Yes. So uh, for those of you guys who may be watching for the first time, we do the live show, which is all arcade repair talk. And then after that, we have about a five or ten minute break. So me and Tim can run to the restroom, basically. And then we come back and we do the after show. Of course, if you're listening to this on the audio podcast feed, you will need to find the YouTube version of this episode in order to listen to that. But we will be talking football in the after show, just as a reminder. As another reminder, Tim, we do want to mention that you guys can interact with us if you're watching us live through the live chat. And Tim, we have quite a bit of activity there tonight. So let me go ahead and go over here real quick. So Peter is here. We got uh, Gravere 2 is here. Delusionals Arcade is here. Arcade Dude 44 is here. Real Hammer Billy Lee is here. Uh, Matt is here. Uh, did I get everybody at this point? Let me see if there's any anybody else that I missed here. And it looks like there's already been a lot of conversation about some stuff. Matt, I saw that uh, you said something about your question. We will be getting to your question a little bit later in the show. We do have it on the outline for tonight's show, so stay tuned for that. 
Uh, let's see, who else did I forget here, Tim? I'm just making sure I, I catch up with everybody. Oh, and DJ and Daddy channel is here as well. So, we got everybody here. We're excited to have you guys here. And just, if you want to leave any comments or questions, please feel free to do that, and we will get to them as we go through the show. Mm -hmm. So, with all that said, Tim, I think we should go ahead and work into some questions. And now, I should say right off the bat, Tim, we had a flood of questions. And this is pretty common, guys, in December. Mm -hmm. All right. December is definitely a busy month for us. And, Tim, November was maybe, this November was maybe one of the quietest months ever for questions. Okay. Uh, I, we barely had enough to fill up the outline <laughs> last month, okay? And so, we went from that to, like, a massive flood. So, if you guys wrote us over the holiday and we didn't get back to you, there's two reasons why. One, we had just a huge influx of questions. Two, um, I was super busy and so was Tim. Uh, <laughs> right. we, we were blowout busy every weekend. Almost every day had something to do during the month of December. So it was a it was definitely busy for us. So I'm still working through back questions. And so I've sent some out. I'm still in process sending more out and answering some more. So um, please be patient. We're trying to get through them all. And so hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get to yours very soon. And I should, always, I should always say this, Tim, um, we have a very aggressive spam filter for obvious reasons. We have a public email address. So if you ever send in a question you don't hear from us, send it again. So that way, you know, it may come through the second time. We want to make sure that we get those questions. There may be times where you sent in something and we didn't get it because the spam filter thought it was something other than an actual legit question. And so uh, if you're ever waiting for a response from us and you don't get one in a timely manner, please send the question again and let us know. Uh, Tim, we got a couple more here before we go through. We have Current Phonograph is here. And Timmy says, greetings from California. I believe he was the big winner of the um, heat gun from last episode. Oh, nice. So there you go. So um, congratulations, Current Phonograph, on that. That was pretty awesome. Uh, we will be giving away something later in the show, too. So if you guys want a chance to win something else, please stay tuned, and we'll get to that soon. But Tim, let's go ahead and work in, into some questions. And the first one we have here is from Derek. And I'll put Derek's question up here. I have a Golden T2005. I adjusted the volume and the screen went out. When I turn the power off and back on, a Think Vision logo comes on the screen and then it's blank. Is there any way, or is there a way to factory reset or adjust the screen? So Tim, we have uh, Derek here. He's got a Golden T2005, a pretty uh -huh. common game for the most part. I believe that's the Golden T4 system. And so he adjusted the volume and then the screen went out, he's saying. Yeah. And now it won't come back. Now. There was a key in there about Think Vision. So right. more than likely, they're using probably a computer monitor. Think Vision, Tim, is uh, usually like a Lenovo brand, I believe. Hot. Used to be IBM, but now Lenovo brand. So more than likely, they're using a Lenovo-style uh, PC monitor with this game. But now, it's just blank. So whenever he brings it on, it's just blank. He's asking, is there a way to factory reset or adjust the screen? So what advice do you have for Derek as far as getting his Golden T2005 back up? Well, you know, we always, when we're looking at a, kind of diagnosing a problem, we're going back to where the root cause or how the problem originally started. So it appears that he was adjusting the volume, which doesn't seem like that would do anything to make your uh, game turn off. Right. But... When you're in there, you have to do it while you're in there. And when you're in there, you can accidentally hit something or move something. Or probably, uh, I'm kind of thinking maybe the connection with the VGA cable or something could have happened just by getting close to that thing. Um, so he really needs to check all of his connections and things. Um, because anytime you're back there messing with something, the volume shouldn't have had anything really technically to do with it other than your hands are back there and you probably knock something else loose. The fact that he's got the logo on the screen just tells me that it's not getting a signal. 
and because it's getting a, it'll, you'll get the floating logo or whatever for just a minute. Then it goes out because it says, hey, there's nothing, I'm not getting a signal from you. So thereby, I'm just going to shut down. So it's probably not playing blind or something like we would talk about. If it was playing blind, then you'd say, well, maybe something went out in the monitor. Right. But the fact it gets that logo is another indication that it's probably not as monitor. It sounds more like a connection. So we want to make sure the JAMA harness is connected good. We want to make sure if it has a VGA cable, the VGA cable didn't come loose. Those things are really bad about... Uh, a lot of people just plug them in and they don't actually tighten them down. Um, those things are bad about coming loose. Um, what do you, do you have any other thoughts, Jonathan? The only other thing I thought, like <coughs> you mentioned, it is coming up with the ThinkVision logo, which a lot of times if we're getting something on the screen like that, the monitor is probably in good shape. The only other option that I would say is that it would be worth, if you have a computer lying around, hooking up a computer to the monitor to see if it comes on. Right. So this would be a good way to test that the monitor is working. So if you have it, let's say it's a VGA cable, I think that's what it is in most circumstances. So if it's a VGA cable and you've got a computer with a VGA out on it, even if it's a laptop or something, you may try to hook it up to the screen and see if you get picture on the screen. If you do, then we can definitely rule out the monitor at that point. If you're not getting picture through the computer or whatever's hooked up, then we may have a monitor problem. Maybe there's something, maybe it's okay booting like the boot up screen for the monitor, but it's not mm -hmm. okay taking the input from a signal on the monitor, something to that effect. So um, that would be the only suggestion I would have beyond that. Tim, is there anything so else that you Maybe got? his computer just happened. I mean, you could have accidentally turned it off or, you know, the weirdest thing happens like this. It... I'm a great example. It always the weirdest stuff would always happen to me. Um, we always used to laugh, John. I can tell you, don't can always tell you what to do, but I can tell you what not to do because I've just about have messed up everything that can be messed up in a game. And a lot of times it's just coincidental. You can literally be, it could be the time that something goes out. So he definitely needs to check his computer and make sure that it's on and running. It doesn't have a bad video card or a power supply or something. Uh, it could have just that little extra voltage or whatever that it took to turn the volume up can cause some things like that. But more than likely, I would think that just by being in there, it caused some something along that line. But I can remember having golden tees back in those days, how bad the video cards were bad about going on them. The hard drives were bad about crashing on them. Um, the computer issues just galore with those things. So those are just maybe some suggestions about... Uh, other than what we mentioned already. And, and Tim, you said it about Golden T. It is a PC-based system, the Golden T4. And so with that in mind, or uh, I say, yeah, PC-based. And so it does have a dedicated video card. And those video cards do go out. And so there's a possibility that you could have a bad video card. You may need to find a replacement for it. But just like any computer, they're more susceptible to bad voltage. And so you do want to make sure that the voltage that's coming from your power supply to the game board is good. And you want to also measure it on the board if you can. Make sure that we're getting a good 5, good 12 to that board and that it's operating properly. Tim, with all that said, let's go ahead and put up the, um, the outline here. Just adjusting the volume, like Tim mentioned, should not have caused the screen to go out. With that said, it's possible you jostled something while performing the volume adjustment. Check to make sure that the connection between the monitor and the board is good, probably a VGA cable like we mentioned. You might also want to check the monitor itself to make sure the game board is set to the proper input. Now this is something too, Tim. On PC monitors, let's say you have a VGA and a DVI and maybe an HDMI input, Correct. you may need to, you may have accidentally swapped the inputs when you did that. So make sure that the monitor is actually set to the right input as well. And like I mentioned, try hooking up a computer to it if you have one, see if you get a picture. 
check to make sure the JAMA harness is properly connected and voltage going to the game is correct as well. If all that checks out, there's a good chance you do have a problem with your game board. If it's playing blind, it's more than likely an issue with your video card if all the monitor stuff checks out, okay? And like I said, these video cards are known to go out, Tim, in these Golden T4 style systems. Um, you can also reseat it because it just goes into like a little slot. So you may yes. turn off the game and then just kind of reseat the video card, see if that makes a difference. You may have to unscrew it, kind of take it out, put it back in, screw it back in. But that may make a difference too. Yeah, we always used to look, John, I know you have probably more technical ways, but I would just teach guys to look at the fan on the video card if it's actually turning and going or... You know, you could actually feel it a lot of times. If it's got a lot of heat coming from it, then there's something wrong with it probably. Yeah, like so... Just a simple way to look at it. Right. Not all video cards have the fan tim, but they do have heat sinks typically. Yes. And you can feel the heat sink. If the heat sink is hot, uh, typically that's not a good sign. Anytime you have electronics... Um, that get hot or, or parts that get hot on a board that usually is an indication of a failure somewhere mm -hmm. and you'll see um, you know a lot of repair techs Tim will put their boards under thermal cameras I know Raymond does this a lot uh -huh. and so they can see where the heats or heat is coming from and that will help them narrow down the issue so if you do touch a heat sink or if the fans aren't running on the video card and or in the heat sinks hot then you may have a video card problem like we mentioned right and you can download like an app or something for your phone or you can look at those thermal images and stuff sometimes too through your phone yeah Today's depends Yes, you can. So, but uh, I think that about covers everything for Derek there, Tim. So, Derek, hopefully that gives you some good starting points. If you need any additional help, please uh, send in, send your question, get, write us back, let us know, and we'll try to help you out further for sure. Okay, Tim, let us go into the live chat real quick before we move on. We've got uh, Nate Burgess here. Greetings from Nova Scotia, Tim. So there oh. we go, Canadian. Uh, Joe <laughs> said he bumped something. I, I think there's a very good case to be made, Derek, that you may have bumped something. It's very common. We've all done it. But, uh, you know, anytime you open up a game and you try even touching something, a lot of times you can move something else not meaning to. So... Uh, let's see what else we got here. YouTube Punk says he late. He's late-ish. Good turnout tonight. Yes. Uh, you're not really late, Tim. Are you ever really late yeah. here? No, no, no. Yeah. You're right on time. So, uh, and you know, if you missed, there wasn't much to miss in the first part anyway. <laughs> no. I mean, just not much. So, thanks for being here, YouTube Punk. Uh, Joe says find an old PlayStation Portable, get a VGA out cable, uh, and it says rubber band and eighty-three thirty or other converter board to the back of it. You can test all video from your pocket. Yeah, if you want to do something like that, you definitely can. That's one way to do it. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different, like, video game console VGA out, there's a lot of those, so you could always get something like that as well. I mean, any kind of video output signal from VGA should work with that to test. Mm -hmm. So, old computers, people just have them around. So, um, Big D Retro says, hey guys, I have a question regarding ROM error on my Defender. Excuse me, ROM failure 6 and 8, what's the possible cause? And, and, um, and are those common errors? Thanks. So ROM failures are common if the chips have started to go bad. So, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, with ROM errors, um, I remember Ken used to say... The fishbowl. <laughs> yeah, well, and this has to do with the RAM. Sometimes uh -huh. sometimes bad RAM can actually show as bad ROM errors. And so what, what um, Ken would always say is just pull all the RAM off the board, put them in a fishbowl, shake them around, and then put them all back on and see, see if your board is any different. But if you actually have ROM errors, you will need to replace the ROMs at position 6 and 8. If you don't have a ROM burner yourself, Tim, what we do oh you can call uh several people that will burn them for you right hobby roms is, hobby our favorite. Roms is one of our favorites so yes. hobbyroms.com you can go there and they will burn you a set so you can tell them you need the six and the eight for defender they can get you a new set of those if those are it but you may want to try the ram trick first because bad ram can cause some weird rom issues as well so yeah. you may you may want to reseat your ram may even try moving around the ram chips to see if it makes a difference and if it's still throwing those rom errors there's a good chance that you actually have a rom error right. and something we always talk about Tim, with um, with um, just 
any kind of board issues in general is make sure you got good power first. Yeah. So good power is so important. If you don't have good power, then some of those chips may not be getting the voltage that they need in order to operate. And that's why they'll read, read bad. So make sure that the voltage is also getting to those chips is correct. So, but uh, you may just need to replace those depending. But I would definitely try the RAM stuff first just because Ken always recommended that to us, Tim. Uh, and that's just reseeding the RAM chips or even mixing them up to see if that makes a difference. And then if you're still getting those ROM errors, uh, get you a new set of ROMs from Hobby ROMs and then try those and stuff instead so uh let's see what else we have here um uh Gravier 2 says uh, greetings from manitoba central canada wow. a lot of canadians you know i tim we've talked about this before i've got a lot of family in canada you do i think i'm gonna be going up there this summer you've been several times several times uh they're in uh, they're near, near calgary so I've got quite a bit of family there. So like, uh, it's, it's a great place. I love it. I've been to Edmonton. I've been to Calgary and I guess that's about it. I haven't been any further West. I'd like to go to like Toronto or something like that. But uh, well, one of my bucket list places is Nova Scotia. So I go. definitely want to go uh, there sometimes. I was about so. to say you need to hook up with Nate. Yeah. Well, Nate, <laughs> I, I would love to come see you some, one of these days. There you go. So, um, <laughs> um, YouTube punk says, uh, let's see, uh, let's see. Oh, um, there you go. Um, okay, I think we're caught up. I'm just looking at stuff. Okay, everything's good. So uh, thank you guys all for joining us and for being here tonight. Tim, just a big crowd tonight. That's yeah. awesome. You, you guys could be watching. What else is on tonight? Football's There's not no Thursday There's no football. football. That's why you guys are all here. I understand that. Okay. <laughs> so um, did the Mavs play tonight? I don't know. Is there anything else? Who knows? Uh, you sure could be watching uh, underwater basket weaving or right? something. I don't know. There's other things on. So we're, we appreciate you guys being here and watching us tonight. So um, And with that... Now that we're all caught up, Tim, let's move on to George. And George says, I have a 1984 Gauntlet video game. The screen will come on for about a minute or two, and as soon as the game gets hot, the screen disappears. I do not see any glow on the back of the monitor tube. I am wondering if I need to replace the whole monitor or if I can just replace the board that goes to the back of the monitor. If you sell it, can I buy it from you? Thank you very much. So, Tim, we got uh, we got George here, and George has a Gauntlet video game. That's one that's near and dear to our hearts. In mm -hmm. fact, if you guys um, heard about my trip to the National Video Game Museum recently, I got to play some Gauntlet. You did. So I don't have one, but it, it's a fun game. So he says the screen will come on for a minute or two and then right back off as soon as it gets hot, Tim. Right. And so he doesn't see any glow on the back of the monitor. Now, we should say that just because you don't see the glow doesn't necessarily mean that the game is not, that the monitor is not working. Um, it is common to have glow back there, but, you know, sometimes you'll see it, sometimes you won't. But uh, we do. You, that's not always an indicator that the monitor is not working. Right, Tim? Correct. It can be, but it's not always. I am wondering if I need to replace the whole monitor or can I just replace the board that goes to the back? Let's take that that part first, Tim. So does he need to replace the whole monitor on his gauntlet or just the, the board that goes <coughs> on the back well the board that goes on the back we refer to as the monitor chassis and that can be shipped off and repaired we got some really good people on our page that would love to help you with that um but probably is how the high voltage section is shutting down so it's in the power supply section of his monitor now you could get a cap kit or something and try to rebuild that yourself and depending on your skill set and how you feel about that but for the price a lot of uh people talk about uh, or you can take that learn to take that off send it to them let them repair it and then you can replace it and it'll work uh -oh. 
very good. Should should take care of your issue just fine. Yeah, in fact, um, Tim, we have a video on troubleshooting games <laughs> that are playing blind. That's what was wrong with the K7000 chassis in there was that it was in high voltage shutdown. And so um, that's common, that high voltage section. And when you have like a, like it comes on for a second and shuts down, a lot of times it is some of those little filter caps, Tim, that are yeah. around the, in the power supply section that could be the problem for sure. And so it could be a bad hot too. It's possible. But um, for the most part, we've seen it more with caps than that particular problem. Now, uh, with that said, we're not sure exactly what monitor chassis or monitor you have, right? I mean, that's Correct. something you did not indicate. And so you do want to try to at least identify what you have. And if you've never taken a chassis out before, Tim, it can be a little bit daunting, right? Yeah, it's a, the first time is always the, the toughest. But once you watch our video on how to do it, I think that it's, it's not that hard. Most, most everybody probably in the chat room has done this by now. And uh, so it's a, it's a good learning process to load. Just make sure you discharge the voltage, unplug everything, stuff like that. Uh, but we got some good videos on how to do that, and uh, I'm sure Jonathan will link link those. And uh, but overall, you know, yes, you don't take the whole mo don't take the whole monitor out. Uh, you just need to repair the chassis, and it could just be a cap kit if you want to try that yourself. Or like I said, you could see what kind of monitor you have and send it off and have one of the guys fix it for around $200 or less. And um, so, you know, it's up to you. Whatever you want to try, what your skill level is to I try had the same. I had the same problem with um, a K4900, Tim, and it turned out there was a cold solder joint on the high voltage line that was literally causing the whole problem. And so it could be something as simple as that. doesn't necessarily even have to be parts. But, you know, we'll always say if you haven't done a cap kit to a monitor in a while and you're pulling the monitor mind. out anyway, might as well. might as well because it's like I've already got the monitor on my bench. I might as well do the cap kit. And they're not very expensive, so if you want to go that route, it's definitely a good way to go. Uh, Tim, let me go ahead and put this up here real quick. So based on your description, George, it sounds like the high-voltage section of your monitor chassis is having issues. First step to solving the problem is to identify the monitor chassis. Uh, Tim, just from experience, we know that many Gauntlet Gauntlet 2 cabinets had a Wells Garner 4900 monitor installed in mm -hmm. them. Does not mean you do, okay? This may or may not be the case on yours, depending on if the monitor is replaced at some point. you got to remember, these games are now on, what, 30, 40 years old, and so mm -hmm. monitors... Do tend to get replaced by operators from time to time. So you may have a K4900, you may not. So it just depends. But you can always compare what you have, okay, the chassis that you have, to the pictures on the What's My Monitor page on the Bob Roberts site to see if you can find a match. And Tim, we have that link down below. Once you know that, you can begin the troubleshooting process. If you would like to send just that chassis, just the board off for repair, we do have a list of monitor techs on our resources page at arcaderepairtips.com resources. And we always like to recommend Paul Jaray at paulsmonitors.com, which also I have linked below in the description, uh, as he does a really good job and has a very reasonable turnaround time and rates. So um, very good stuff here, Tim. Um, we do always want to identify the monitor because that at least gives, I can tell my monitor tech. Here's the thing, though. A guy like Paul, if you sent him pictures, he could tell you he what it is. It. Or if yeah. he even sent us pictures, we could tell you what it is. But it is, I think, developing the skill to where you can you can match a chassis to a picture and figure out which one you have is important. Yeah. So, I mean, after a while, you've seen a ton of them. And so you'll just get to a point where it's like, that's a G07. That's a K4900. That's, that's a 7501 or whatever. You'll get to a point where you can just identify them. But until you get to that point, the pictures on the What's My Monitor page on the real Bob Roberts site is very valuable. And again, we have that link down below in the uh, description of the show. So you can check that out. 
and Tim. Is there anything else for George here before before you move on? No, I don't think so. Did the chat room have anything to add? Uh, Joe just says Gauntlet is a game that requires a sock full of quarters to play. Cap the kit <laughs> and see what happens. And, and yep. if you if you want to go about this yourself and you're fairly confident in your soldering skill with George, you could try and start with a cap kit on this. Um, you know, the fact that, like I said, it kind of comes on and goes off um, a lot of times would lead to more filter caption that in that power supply section, sometimes a hot maybe, but that would be about it. Um, or bad solder joints. Bad solder joints can mm -hmm. cause that for sure. And so just touching up the solder may be enough to get you back in business. Hopefully. So there you go. So George, hopefully answers your question and good luck getting your gauntlet back up and running. If you need us to help you identify the monitor, please send us some pictures and we can do just that for you. Okay, Tim. Uh, live chat's pretty caught up. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. So, okay, let us move on to Scott here, Tim. Scott says, I have an original Pac-Man cocktail table. Upon startup, it does kooky things graphically. For example, the processor goes through its checks and the screen blinks. The game will reset a few times for about two minutes, Tim. Okay. And then it'll start up and play perfectly. Any areas I should focus attention on in order to address a potential issue. Now, Tim. That's an interesting question. It's not uncommon, we should say this, mm -hmm. for it to take a while to boot up. Right. Okay, so all games take a while to boot up, but two minutes does seem excessively long. Is it that does. just me? I no, mean, do you agree with me? Okay, I mean, it just seems a little bit longer than usual. I think back to Minus Pack, I think it literally takes 15 seconds, 10 to 15 seconds, right? right? And then you're up. So it's not quick, it's not super quick. But it shouldn't take two minutes. Two minutes does seem like an excessive amount of time. Right. So we're a little bit we're a little bit longer than what we should be on boot up. It does play perfectly once it comes up, but it just takes a while. And if you're having a party and you're turning on all your games and it takes two minutes, you know that can be frustrating. We understand. So with that in mind, Tim, what would you what would you prescribe for Scott here as far as uh, cutting that boot up time from the two minutes he's currently experience, experiencing? Yeah. So it's a really interesting question because I, I think what he's saying is he, it's it's working, and the end, end result is if you had to wait two minutes, it's really not. Some people are probably thinking it's not that bad a deal, but at the same time, I know what he's saying is something about to go out though. Right. Is it something causing this? So, you know, the more I thought about this question was, yeah, it probably is something that's taking a little longer than it should, uh, which probably is something in the board, the clock, and stuff like that. But you got to make sure the power is correct there, or it will take a little longer than, sure. than it should. So I would check the voltage <clears throat> getting to the board at the harness right there, or where it comes onto the board, one of the fingers on the board or something, and then start checking it through and check a pin maybe and see. Uh, if you could tweak it, if it has a switcher or something in it, then I would probably try to turn the voltage up just a hair to see if that helps at all. Now, if that if that doesn't help, um, then, you know, it probably is a board issue. And the, probably the easiest, it, you're going to have to almost wait until it does go out. Yeah. So just got, might have to live with it, in my opinion. But at the same time, if we can... I mean, there's things you can do. You can resocket your chips. You can clean your board. You can make sure that the harness pins and everything are good and that the voltage is right. Do all those things first. 
and uh, see if that doesn't help solve and speed up the issue a little bit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to one thing you said. So you said the thing about a switcher. Um, Miss Packs did not come with these switcher. Right. They, they said it was original. That's right. correct. So I um, should have mentioned that. So Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, they have an AC transformer down below. Um, that AC voltage gets sent directly to the harness. It gets converted to DC at the board level. And so Tim, as you know, the edge connectors on Miss Pac-Man, Pac-Man boards, very finicky. Yes. So I mean, I think one thing you definitely want to do. Is is clean it and mm -hmm. make sure that it's good but those pins will burn um yeah. you know i mean especially if that voltage gets too high i mean it'll fry a pin off there like nobody's business it's almost uncommon to see one that's not burnt right and so they you'll see um, they used to sell like the pack mend kits yes. for the harnesses that would allow you to basically put like a new harness connector on a pac-man um board so i mean that is something you can do but it's very common for these edge connectors to to have some issues and so Take your harness off, clean your edge connector really good, make sure that's in good shape, and then put it back on. Uh, Tim, something that I think it's overlooked a lot of times with Pac-Man machines are the fuse holders and the fuses. Oh, that's correct. So um, <laughs> the fuse holders can cause all sorts of things. Tim, we know the humbar issue right? is something that's caused by bad fuse holders and things like this. And so, you know, you may just want to make sure that you have your fuses, that your fuses are all good and the proper amps and the proper type. Right. If, they're, if they're supposed to be fast flow, that they're fast flow, that they're slow, slow, and that the amperage is correct, okay? Because if those things are not right, it will mess with the game. And the fuse holders themselves, if you haven't replaced them in a while, may want to consider getting replacements because they can cause issues as well. Uh, Tim, is there anything else we want to say it's, here? Yeah, you know, it's just kind of funny that the more you're, the more I'm thinking about it, I, we have solved so many issues by replacing those. And I can remember when I was new, I've always thought, what difference is this going to make? You know, it didn't electronically i can't even tell you that other than making better connections and stuff like that and i know but it works it works great so i think you're on the right track there john i would probably uh change the fuse holders out for sure yeah and delusional is backing us up here tim yes you must swap out the fuse block they can cause so many issues and i know it sounds crazy but it works i can right? tell you I, it works i can't really break <laughs> it down to why but I could, because I can remember replacing that for the first time, and I was like, I mean, we're probably talking twenty something years ago, John. I'm like, why is this gonna fix this? I don't think it will, but I'll try it, and it, it did. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And humbar is one of the most common things. When you see a little hum that goes across yeah, the screen like this, scroll. I mean, that is very common. We almost always. Uh, need to replace fuse block on that, but I mean, it's just it's just something that happens on Pac-Man games, and so we would recommend you do that. I mean, I'm gonna throw up the outline here so we can see this. So first, always a good idea to start a power on resetting issues like this. And it's not really a resetting issue, Tim, but we're going to treat it like one, if that makes right. sense. So make sure that the voltage is getting to the board harness and through the board. You can check it at ROM chips. Check your fuses. Check your fuse holders. Make sure they are correct and working. Inspect the harness. Clean your edge connector pins as well. Very common, especially if you're still running AC for those pins to, um, to have some issues or some corrosion or something like that. And make sure that all seated chips are making a good connection to the board. Uh, Tim, the processor, especially that Z80, you can make sure that it's you know on there really good. Mm -hmm. So very important. You could go with a switching power supply, but this issue, uh, but these issues can be solved without doing that typically. And Tim, I did put all of the nice Pac-Man links that we usually do um, down below. All the Pac-Man troubleshooting resources. We have the mm. arcade game over page that has different pictures of stuff and things like that. Um, and all that kind of things. I have links down specifically for Pac-Man um, cabinets there. Scott, in the description. So if you want a couple of little um, uh, websites you can go to to help you out with troubleshooting issues, highly recommend all three of those websites we put down below. 
So, um, but that is, yeah, that is a, like I said, that is a, um, the fuse, fuses, fuse holder, very common thing with Pac-Man cabinets. I'm not a board repair expert by any means, but I'd almost, just the first time I read this question, I said, I bet a ROM was going bad. Mm -hmm. I wondered if, but in order for it to work properly, it has to have good voltage and all that. But I'm wondering if it's not something not processing fast enough. Or doing what it's supposed to do and probably fix them go out. We'll see. Possible. So there you go, Scott. Hopefully that gives you some places to start with your repair. Give those things a shot. Let us know where you end up. And if you need additional help, please contact us and uh, we'll help you out further. Uh, Joe, Joe says, uh, it's just a fuse. It's always just a fuse. Well, <laughs> I mean, not necessarily. It could be a fuse holder, right, Tim? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you never know. Uh, but, you know, it's just, um, let's see. Delusional says, my buddy, that Tim guy just had one that was causing game not to boot. Low voltage. Fuse had continuity, but voltage was bad. Fuse block swap fixed it. You okay. see, very interesting. Very interesting, guys. I have so, seen it. Fix a it's fixed a ton dozen of them. issues. Yeah, I was about to say. So, especially on Pac-Man style cabinets. So, if you've got Miss Pac-Man, Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man, Junior Pac-Man, what else? Hey. Tim, what else is in the Pac family that we can count? <laughs> you know, any of those, then um, you know, definitely, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Super Pac, you know, all those kind of things, definitely worth looking at the fuse holder. So, okay, Tim, let um, actually, I was gonna go back up here. Um, Gravier Two says, question: If using the normal JAMA harness to set up, is it possible to hook up an amp? to control volume and possibly add a sub. Um, I have a Superman that is super quiet. Yes. So what you can do is you can get an audio amplifier. You can get some that actually are designed for this um, from Holland Computers, which is one of our partners that we you part, partner with fairly often. Uh, they sell an audio amp that will hook to the wires coming off the JAMA harness and then allow you to put out um, just RCA jacks. So if you want to go to, um, or they also have um, speaker output as well there, mm-hmm. as well as sub output. So you can, as long as you have an audio amplifier that will hook up to those two wires coming off the JAMA harness, you can do that. Uh, Tim, you know, you can find them. You can find them all over the place online and things. So, um, but yes, that is definitely possible. We see it all the time, Tim. Right. Correct. So uh, a lot of um, a lot of people like to do this with pinball machines. They'll add a sub to a pinball machine or something like that, or they'll add. Um, uh, for like main cabinets, it's probably more common because you have the computer with the output. But as long as you have the right audio amplifier that has the, uh, you know, the left and right input and then the um, and then the output for your speakers and your sub, then you should be in good shape. And like I said, I know Holland sells those, Tim, and I know some other places. Arcade Shop, I'm sure, has something like that for you as well. ArcadeShop.com. But yes, it is possible to do that. If your game is super quiet now, you could just also put a volume knob in there. And you can also try turning it up through the test mode, right, Tim? Correct. So a lot of times the test mode in games has a volume up, volume down control as well. So you could try that. Or you could try putting a volume knob there to see if it makes a difference. Or check your check your speaker line. You may already have a volume knob that you don't know about. So, and, and so if you have that, try turning it up there as well. Uh, Big D Retro says, a general question with Williams Games. Were all the glass bezels tinted, especially the Robotron, since that is my newest project? I don't want to say all of them were, but a lot of them were. Um, Robotron, I don't know if it was tinted or not. Do you know? I don't remember it being tinted. Yeah, it seems like we've seen some. I've seen some that are tinted and some that aren't. Yeah. Um, for sure. I've seen, I've seen like enough of each to not know the right. true answer to that question. Exactly. Yeah. I've seen... I've definitely seen Robotron ones that were not tinted. And I've seen some that were. Yeah. So Defender ones I've definitely seen tinted. Yeah. Um, it's weird. So I don't know for sure. That's a great question. Um, Maybe the group that has a Robotron could just... Yeah, if you have a Robotron... What is yours? I'm going to say the one that we had definitely did not have tinting. No, I don't think it had tinting. 
So, and I mean, I've got a, <clears throat> I've got a William style cabinet over there. I think it does have tinting. Yeah, it does. So, um, <laughs> it's not. It used to be. I think it used to be a joust, but it's no longer a joust. But I think it has tinting on the bezel. So, um, it, that's a. Like I said, I'm not sure the answer to that one, but I think Tim's right. If you've got a Robotron or if you've worked on any Robotrons, let us know if the bezel was tinted or not. Definitely seen ones that weren't. So, and ones that were. So it's kind of, it's kind of like, well, who, maybe maybe it depended on who bought it, or maybe that was an operator thing. I right. don't know. I, mean, I know it was us that we loved to have tinted, because uh, once the game started showing screen burn, we would put, as operators, we we put a lot of tinted glass in ours just because, or tinted it ourselves, uh, because we always thought it looked better and made the screen look and you got to remember, like on these midway cabinets back here, they actually had like a little riser that would set up mm -hmm. from the monitor so you could put a piece of tinted glass on there from the factory. Mm -hmm. You know, so like, you know, the screen burn on Mispacks is terrible. Even this one right here is an original and screen burn is awful. But with the that tinted... can be like that too. Yes, it can. With that tinted glass on there though, barely even notice it. So, right. I mean, it's it's the closest thing we have to a fix. You can't really right. fix it, but you can hide it. So. Right. And yet, and unfortunately, Tim, a lot of times you have to turn up the brightness a little bit more, which can wear more on the monitor. But it's worth it, in my opinion, to not see so. the screen burn. So maybe we'll get some people chime in here, Tim, about it. So again, if you've worked on Robotron or you have a Robotron, is your bezel tinted? Is it <laughs> a <look>. tinted bezel? <laughs> yeah, go look real quick for us. So, okay, Tim, let's go to Melody. Melody is. Um, I'm trying to figure out which one of these is. Oh, the next one is the title for the show. I'll, you know, okay. the, the show titles always have to do with the questions. And so Miss Pack is testing my patience. <laughs> we'll get their next question. But right now we've got Melody. So okay. Hello. For several years, I've held on to a standing arcade that was left in my possession when a friend passed away. So that's kind of sad to him right there. Yeah. The arcade was his pet project, of which he was very proud. Unfortunately, I can no longer keep it, and I am attempting to sell it. But I don't remember how to turn it on. It has not been turned on for years. I've been searching for guidance through the internet, which is how I found your page. I have attached some photos of the arcade and the board to assist you. Please help me. You may be my only hope. Just kidding, but I would appreciate any help or advice you can offer. Thank you, Melody in El Paso, Texas. And the ironic thing about this, Tim, is that you are in El Paso not that long ago. <laughs> I am, uh, Melody, we, we can stay in touch if you can't get this fixed because I literally am in El Paso about four times a year once a quarter um i would think my next trip out there should be coming up in uh february or march so i should be coming but hopefully we can help you before then okay so tim she did send pictures and so i yeah, didn't want to show these the real pictures. quick um so this looks very similar to like a z-back style cabinet but a little uh -huh. bit different okay um i have not seen one where the um where the control panel kind of overlapped the cabinet like that you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> that that I have not seen. And so um, usually the control panel goes on the inside of the cabinet. It doesn't go on the outside. Right. And it looks like he had it as a killer instinct, but she found a Super Puzzle Fighter 2 turbo board in it is what I'm assuming. Okay. So at this point, it must be a Super Puzzle Fighter 2 turbo cabinet. Okay. May, maybe he still has the, um, the killer instinct in there. Don't know. We don't have pictures of the inside of the cabinet per se. But this is what we have. We have something that looks like a, a Z-back style cabinet here, Tim. Um, so with that in mind, why don't you just kind of... I looked up a little bit about this cabinet, and I couldn't find exactly where the power switch was on this one. Right. Okay, like exactly where it is on this cabinet. It does look like a Z-back, but it... Um, Tim, do you remember angle manufacturing? I used to, um, you remember my, um, you've seen my yes. Dungeons and Dragons? Yes. 
that's an angle manufacturing cabinet, which okay. is a little bit different. And those also kind of have that Z-back. And it almost looks like one of those, too, but it's different. Like I said, it's almost a unique cabinet. <clears throat> so with that in mind, I looked all over trying to find a match. Could not <laughs> find where this power button is. So, Tim, just give us a general overview of where put power buttons are on arcade cabinets. Well, yeah, the... It, the fact I'm sure she looked. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure she looked. Yeah. So the fact she didn't see it offhand probably tells me it's where a lot of them are. And so she needs to get a step stool. They're probably on the top up there. Uh, you know, either on one of the sides or sometimes on the back. It could be in the middle. I'm, I'm like you. This cabinet really puzzled me. Because I'm like, it looks so familiar, but then is it homemade or what is it? I don't know. She said that it was his project. Right. So I'm wondering if he built it. I mean, it looks like a standard operator cabinet, but with some tweaks. A little yeah, bit of tweaks. A little that tweaks I, yeah, exactly. There. That I'm not used to seeing. So, so most of the time, that button is up on top. So you'll find it up up there on top of the game, and you'll push it. Now, having said that, the only other places normally that you ever see them, uh, occasionally right inside the coin door. Usually on the back where the power comes in, there could be a button way down under uh, low. I have actually seen one under a cabinet, which was this made no sense because you literally had to lift the cabinet up to push it. But what you have to do is open Tato. it. Yeah, what you have to do is open up the back or get in there and follow the power wires. They've got to go somewhere if there is a button at all. So it could be that your power supply was just uh, is dead from having sat there and not being played or whatever. But um, it, it's going to be, without a few more pictures even, would be really hard to, um, to diagnose from, from, this, from this far. Agreed. So um, with that said, I'm going to go ahead and put up the outline here, Tim. Now, Real Hammer, Lee, Bill, uh, Real Hammer Billy Lee says the whole control panel is a midway control panel taken from a KI cabinet. It looks like that for sure. Yeah. Um, so it, it is possible that it could have been a control panel swap. Joe says that's a big cab. Check at the foot well or the top right and yeah those are some places tim you mentioned so this cabinet is interesting that's what we said it's similar to a dynamo z-back or or a angle manufacturing cabinet but the way the control panel overlaps the main cabinet and the slant at the top you'll see a slant at the top um the z-backs and the angles are usually flat topped a little bit so a little bit different not always sometimes they had slants but not like this and that back the way that back slants is also very interesting so, a little bit different than what we're used to seeing. With that said, the power button on most arcade cabinets is in one of four places, right, Tim? Right. On the top, somewhere on the top. On the bottom, in one of the front corners. So, sometimes, like, underneath the cabinet in one of the front corners. Right. That's common. Uh, on the side, toward the back of the cabinet. So, you can actually have one on the side. Or on the back of the cabinet itself, Tim, very common to have it near the power cord. Right. Okay, so the top is by far the most common place for most generic cabinets like this one. Grab a stepladder and see what you find. Tim, let's go yeah. around the room real quick and see where all the power buttons are. <laughs> uh, Donkey Kong top, Williams cabinet top. Uh, Tekken actually has it mid-side, which is interesting. That Marvel um, versus Capcom has it on the top. Blitz has it on the top. Mortal Kombat on the top. Street Fighter on the top. Um, that generic cabinet right there has it on the top. That's a Dynamo. Um, this Dig Dug cabinet has it on the very, I think the back. And then the Midway cabinets have them on the top, but at the very back, right? right. Like very it's on back. the top of the cabinet technically, but at the very back. So just going around the room, Tim, the I problem think is we have a pretty good We have now. literally seen them everywhere. Yeah. And the only way to know is to follow the wiring. Uh, and I've had trouble myself finding, where's the power switch? 
You know, and it's been, I've seen them under, come to think of it, I've seen one under the control panel, just like that one. So it kind of depends on where they put it, and you just got to track the wiring. And then we've seen a ton of cabinets that don't have any power switch. Mm -hmm. They just plug in the wall. And that may be the case, this one, where it just plugs in and maybe the power, you might literally have a um, power supply that you have to flip a switch on inside the cabinet. So it's really hard to say just from those pictures alone. Yeah, exactly. And another thing is um, with something else you need to be aware of is the power, it may be a direct turn on, but you may have an interlock switch, right? right? So interlock switches are are switches that are designed to where when you open up the cabinet that the game shuts off. And they're usually white, not mm-hmm. always, but they're usually white. And so um, if you have an interlock switch on your back door, so if you look near your where that, I we noticed at the bottom you actually could take off the back of it. Right. So right there, make sure there's not an interlock switch up it in there. It may not be coming on because of the door is open. Correct, exactly. Because if that interlock switch is not pushed in or pulled out, it's not going to work. And so look for interlock switches as well. But if you can't figure it out by the t- next time the Tim is in El Paso, then <laughs> let, <me know. laughs> let him know. That's I'll, right. I'll run by. We'll figure out where that switch is. That's right. We don't get anything else accomplished. I bet we can find the switch. Sounds good. So, uh, Melody, hopefully that gives you some ideas of where to look. Probably the very first thing I would do is step ladder. Get yeah. that step ladder. It's probably out on the top because it's very common. Eight common. out of ten, I would say, are on the top. Like I said, we're going around this whole <laughs> game room here, and like pretty much all of them are on the top. Yeah. So, I mean, it's rare for it not to be. So, um, like I said, though, we've seen them at the foot. Somebody said they had a world rally that uh, it was on the bottom left. Okay. Of it, so, very common. So, it can be anywhere, but probably on the top, very first place to check. And if you can't figure it out, just trace the wires going from the power supply and see where they're going. You should see right. a pair of wires going somewhere, whether it's to the side of the cabinet, to the top of the cabinet. And you may mistake those for marquee wires if it's going to the top, but sometimes you'll have two sets, right, Tim? Correct. You have one for the switch and one for the marquee light. So... Just follow your wires. Exactly. So um, try the top first. See if you find anything. And if you need additional help, if you take some pictures, we can help you out too. So take take some pictures of the top, the sides, the bottom, insides, and we can probably help you track it down as well. So, Okay, Tim. Well, before we get on to the question that this whole um, episode is entitled for, I totally forgot that we have to give away something tonight. We don't have to. But um, now this is not an auto-ranging multimeter, but it is a multimeter. Okay. Okay. And it's a digital multimeter. So if you would like to win a digital multimeter tonight, all you have to do is send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com with the keyword and come up with something. Uh, let's see. What is snow? It's snowing snow. everywhere. Snow. There you go. So if you send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com and make sure you put the keyword snow in the subject or the body, we will pick a winner at random to receive this very nice digital multimeter of which, you know, not auto-ranging, but it does have a hold function, Tim. It does have uh, it does have beep. It yeah, does have continuity beep. beep, which is very important. So, um, again, uh, it is not the fanciest multimeter, but you're going to get for free, so what do you expect? <laughs> right. We're cheap around here. You don't so, have to pay um, shipping. Better than Harbor Freight. I can't make that claim okay. for sure. So, <laughs> better than the Harbor Freight free guys. So, right. okay. Um, it does have continuity beep, Tim, which that will save you who knows how much headache. Um, the non-auto-ranging is not a deal-breaker for me. We prefer it. But, you know, when you're getting it for free, Tim, you're getting it for free. Right. Who cannot use a backup digital multimeter? I say, who could not? Right. I have one in my truck. I have one in my tool bag. I have one on my bench at home. Uh, I literally could have two or three more. They just come in handy. Um, so, or in a junk drawer at home, we test batteries with them. Yeah. It says high fly. accuracy, hold function, which is handy. And then long battery life. 
Yes. All right. So you can win this again by sending an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com and make sure you use the keyword snow. Snow. It's winter. So, that's right. Snow. So put it in there uh, in the body or in the subject line. And Tim, we will pick a winner at random. And then uh, I will ship this off to somebody. A current phonograph is in the is in the house tonight, and he won the hot, the heat gun from last last month. Awesome. Guess what? We ship the prizes. No way, Tim. All right. We don't <laughs> just tell you you won. We actually send them to you. So there you go. So if you would like to win a multimeter tonight, make sure again contest at arcaderepairtips.com. Send us an email and make sure you include keyword snow in the subject or the body. So there you go. Oh, um, Joseph Snow, 68 and nice here in North Carolina. Come visit and fix my games. Um, <laughs> so here's the deal is that um, it's been 70 here, too. We don't get snow very often, so... Well, I, it was... Um, the weather tried to kill us last the week before last week for Christmas, Christmas. it was like 15. Yeah. Nine. I think it got down to nine. Nine degrees. Um, quick Let's story. for Texas. Quick story there. So um, I took the kids to... The Polar Express in okay. Rusk. So in Rusk, Texas, which is kind of close to where we are, um, they actually have at the Retreat. Texas State Railroad, they have the Polar Express. You can go on a ride with your kids. They sing the hot chocolate song. They read the book. You get to go to the North Pole. Santa gets on the train. You get bells. All that kind of stuff. It's cool. So, um, Tim, we just happened mm -hmm. to pick literally the coldest, the coldest day. day of the year <laughs> at 8 o'clock. Because, you okay. know, you can't go during the day on the Polar Express. They always go at night. So um, it was nine degrees. Wow. On the train, it didn't have a heater. Um, you could see your breath on the train. But it was warmer, <laughs> significantly warmer with all the bodies in there. So, um, but it was fun. We had a good time. But literally picked the coldest day <laughs> of the year to do that. So um, if you're going, make sure you, uh, you know, consult your farmer's almanac next time. Because the whole thing is outside except for when you're on the train. And so it can get quite chilly. Now, with that said, that whole train was still full, Tim. It did not stop anybody from going on the Polar <laughs> Express. So, and, you know, I was trying to tell the kids, like, it's the Polar Express. Right. Of course it's cold. <laughs> cold right? It's got to be cold. Exactly. So um, anyway, but it was fun. We had a good time. We got to see Santa. He gave us bells. All that kind of stuff. So it was time. funny because my son was from South Carolina. When he got here, it was freezing cold. He was like, <laughs> same way he was saying it was very calm and and comfortable there. And then he liked to froze to death here in Texas. Who knows? Yes, we did not get snow though. Well, we no. got some snow. We got like flurries. Yeah, a few flakes. Yeah, not much. So anyway, just as long as we don't have snow again. Now you right. guys remember <laughs> the winter of twenty what twenty twenty one early twenty twenty one. No good. Not don't want to do that again. Okay. So there we go. Uh, Arcade Dude, already have my fluke and several others, um, but good luck to all. Thanks for giving it away, a valuable tool for someone who needs it. Yeah, so some of you guys, I know in the live chat tonight, don't have a multimeter. Right. You need a multimeter. Okay, you can go buy one, or you can get this one for free if you will just send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com and include keyword snow in there. So... Um, if you can put your address in there, that's good too, because if the address, if your shipping address is already in there, I just ship it. I don't have to do an email exchange, which is a lot easier for me. Mm -hmm. And we keep all that information private. I don't sell your info, okay? Yeah. So, um, so if you want to put your address in there, that helps me out greatly. I can just ship the thing. I don't have to contact you again. So... Uh, let's see. Uh, Delusional's Arcade. The Polar Express came to you. Um, well, we had to go. They had to go to the train station. You know, it is right. what it is. So, um, current phonograph. Yes, I won the heat gun. Um, is real competition. <laughs> okay. So, there you go. Um, let's see. Okay, we're good. Are we good? Let's go. Okay, let's go. Um, oh, he says, ouch, I bet the hot chocolate was amazing in those conditions. That's from Arcade Dude 44 It mm -hmm. was. The hot chocolate. <laughs> but here's the thing. It. it wasn't hot. It was, like, lukewarm. Oh, no. So, you know, here we only have the one rule. one time rule. it could have been scalding, right? Yeah, here we only have one rule. Um, they sort of let it let it cool. I'm just saying, unfortunately. Yeah. So. But it was still hot. It was hot enough. <laughs> Let's just say that. Hot enough. Okay. Now, we... Uh, 
Tim, we got the coach experience on the Polar Express because I'm cheap. We did not do the first class or rent the rent the whole car. Okay, or anything yeah. Like that. So yeah. maybe next year. But uh, yeah, so I mean, part of it is that if you're on the if you're on one of the first class things, you get a little bit different experience too. Oh, okay, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So, okay, let us move on, guys. Enough just kind of chitter chatter there. Let us move on to the whole reason we named this episode the way it is. Miss mm-hmm. Pack is testing my patience. It's from Eve. <laughs> And they say, my Miss Pac-Man cocktail has power. I can play the game and hear the noises, but the screen has the following message. Memory okay, free play, bonus 20,000, Miss Pac-Man 5, table. How can I fix it? I want to play. Mm -hmm. Thanks. So, uh, Tim, you're probably familiar with just having that message stuck on the game. Um, (laughs) Whenever we just have those things stuck, what's happening? Well, it's in the test mode right now. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> right. so you get the title. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's so testing. we're there. Yes. You know, it's always good when you have to explain the joke. You know, right. I, I really <laughs> appreciate it. No. Um, obviously, test mode, right, Tim? Right. So it sounds like it's mode. stuck in text, test mode. Right. So what can Eve do here to get it out of test mode? Well, right inside the coin door, you should have a set of switches. It's usually one is black and toggles left and right. One's usually a push button of some sort um, you should be able to switch the toggle back with the game off and turn it back on and it should come right back up right now tim that is not the only way no not the only way yeah let us go into that switch though that switch fails a lot yes okay we have had that switch fail and then it will short and it'll get stuck okay so um, if you have a problem with it you may you may get a replacement sh- switch or you could try i think um i think if you just if you just um, disconnect it completely, it'll Correct. be okay too. Should be all right. right, exactly. So um, you can do those things if the switch is not working properly. It happens. So those switches are cheap, Tim, and they weren't meant to be switched very often. And so if that switch gets stuck, then or if it's not working properly, you seems can seems like the last time we did that, uh, we had one that was stuck like that. That's, that's exactly what we did. I just cut one of the wires to it, and it automatically because you don't use test mode very often. You use play mode. Right. And I think that's exactly what I did. I cut one of the wires going to it and it came Wrap right it with some up. electrical tape or something else and be done <clears> with it. Now, with that said, Tim, there's another way that your game can get into test mode. And that is, I believe, if um, if my research is good, if pin K on the harness is grounded. Okay. So if you ground that, that can cause the machine to boot into test mode as well. So, like, let's say you have a wire going to pin K and it just decides to hit a piece of metal. Yes. Then you would have problems like what you're having. Mm-hmm. So make sure that pin K on your harness is is not making is not grounded out. Okay, because if it is, then you will have this kind of problem as well. Um, that's rare. It's more more than likely the switch. It's very common. So um, that would be the thing that we would recommend for that. So Tim, I'm going to go ahead and put the outline up here so people can see this. So sounds like your Miss Pac-Man is stuck in self-test mode. In order to take it out of this mode, open the coin door with the game turned on and look for a small mounting plate. This plate should have a little red button and a black switch on it. Now, Tim, this is a Pac-Man cabinet I have a picture of here. Miss Pac-Man cabinets are different. Usually they're kind of in the middle, right? Like that plate's like in the middle part mm-hmm. of the behind the coin door, on the left side or in the middle. So it may not be in this particular location in the picture, but it will look like this. I'm just trying to give you an idea. So you want to slide that black switch in the opposite direction of where you're currently set. The screen should go through its test mode and 
uh, start the attract mode. So once you do that, if this doesn't work, you may need to check the switch as well as the wiring going to the switch to make sure the connection is good. Like Tim mentioned, we can just cut one of the sides of that switch and then that should take care of it as well. Um, and another thing, like we mentioned, if pin K is grounded, so if the wire going to pin K on your harness is, is under a screw or if it's attached to a ground somewhere, this can also cause the machine to boot to test mode. So you may need to cut that pin as well, right, Tim? Correct. Kept the wire going to that pin, wrap it with some electrical tape, and then you should be good to go. Anything else here for Eve before we move on, Tim? No, I think that was a funny question. A good question. Um, but well, it's it definitely a... testing his patience. Yes, it is. So the self-test is testing his patience for sure. So uh, mm. anyway, so hopefully, Eve, that helps you. If you have any additional um, questions about that, please let us know. Hopefully by switching that switch, that will that will fix the issue for the most part. But if it doesn't, Check some of the other things that we mentioned, and hopefully between all of it, you'll get back to your game running properly. So, Okay, uh, back to the live chat real, real quick, Tim. We have Steve here. Um, first time visitor to your show. So far, it's very entertaining. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Steve. Um, did you or or do you plan to have any shows on Asteroids? So um, we do things a little differently here at Arcade Repair Tips. We just kind of answer questions as we go. We don't do specific shows on like specific games, right, Tim? Right. And so if you have Asteroids questions, we will always answer those. You can um, you can just, uh, you can write us at questions at arcaderepairtips.com or you can leave them here in the live chat. If you send them via email, obviously we do a little bit more research than what we can do off the top of our heads here in the live show, which is important. But um, we have talked about Asteroids extensively on some of our past live shows. So if you want to, you know, look at those, you can. We've got... We've had several questions on them, right, Tim? Yes. And so if you want to look back at some of our previous live shows, do a search for asteroids. I'm sure you'll find several places where we've talked about those cabinets. But if you ever have questions, um, best way to reach us, questions at arcaderepairtips.com via email, and we would be happy to take a look at whatever you got. So there we go. Okay, caught up, Tim, on the live chat, and we are to the quick question and answer okay. section of the show. So Matt was in the uh, live chat with us tonight. Matt, if you're here still, raise your hand, and uh -huh. uh, we'll, we'll see you. But your question's about to come up here, Tim. Uh, so we will get to Matt's question. He is in the quick question and answer section. Um, we've got some interesting ones about how to get an overlay off, Tim. Okay. We have Matt's about uh, discharging monitors over time. And then we have Sean, who um, has a NASCAR game that's playing blind. So okay. um, I summarized them, but let's actually see the questions, right, Tim? Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. So Demiley4771 says, I need to remove the joystick to get the overlay off, but I'm not sure how to do it. It's a micro switch type. So Demiley's trying to remove the overlay off their arcade cabinet, but the joystick is in the way. Correct. How can I remove that to get that overlay off? That's his qu or their question. Uh, Matt says, does anyone know if time alone will discharge the monitor? My cabinet has been unplugged for over a week as I await some time to work on it. I wonder if over time the CRT will slowly discharge itself. And Tim, I think he actually was talking to some of the other people in the live chat, but we will also answer Matt's question as okay. well as a follow-up from him. And then Sean says, I just acquired <clears throat> a NASCAR game by EA Sports. It's playing blind. There's a computer monitor plug. If I hook up a monitor to that, will it play? I've got a nice monitor that will fit in the front of, of the screen. Okay. Okay, so Demiley, how do I get that joystick off so I can get the overlay off? Matt, will time alone discharge an arcade monitor? And Sean, can I hook up a computer monitor to the plug that's on my NASCAR game? Okay, so with that in mind, Tim, let's take these. So, Demiley, first, how do I get that joystick off so I can get the overlay off, Tim? Well, there's two two methods. One is more luck, and the other is more skill. One <laughs> is, if you're lucky, the ball will unscrew, and it can come off right that way, which is a lot of the newer style, 60 and 1s and stuff, will do that. That's true. Not very lucky very often. Right. 
most of the time you have to remove the e-clip at the very bottom of the joystick so looking up in there or turning it upside down let's say this was a control panel turn it upside down at the end you can kind of push your joystick up and there's an e-clip that you pop off now when you do that that thing's going to come apart in about a million pieces <laughs> so loaded right spring loaded so be prepared and then um i think we probably have shot a video before on replacing a joystick we have and that will help you so watch that video yeah so on the e-clip tim um it is spring loaded so when you take that off you want to be very careful uh tim awesome. what do you recommend tool wise for that well usually i have a little bitty flathead screwdriver that i can get that to the point where it's about to fly off if you just hit it hard it'll fly all the way across the room and you'll lose it uh, i try to move it to where it's halfway off and then i get a pair of really uh good uh needle nose pliers and usually grab it then the e-clip and i can hold it with my pliers keep it from flinging across the room absolutely so once he gets that off the the joystick should come out the front right yes then the joystick will fall apart more than anything and they'll come right off the front and then you'll be left with what's in there. And it will require access to the internal control panel. You will need to access yes. the, the inside of the control panel to do that, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, Matt. Matt is here. He says he's here. Uh -huh. um, so what about a monitor? Will it discharge itself over time, Tim? For sure, it will. But depending on the monitor, that could be anywhere from a week to two weeks, a year or two. So you don't really know. <laughs> and so uh, the safest bet is just to discharge it no matter what. Yeah. E now even... Two or three times. Now, he sent a follow-up, Tim, and so I'm okay. going to read it here. I did not put it on the outline, so I'm going to put it on here. And he's in the live chat here, so he can also kind of follow up with us. But he says, um, let's see, I sh um, as someone who's about to discharge for the first time myself, any other tips you can offer would be good. I have rubber-soled uh, boots, insulated screwdriver, a wire to connect to the metal frame, and insulated gloves. Yeah. So is there anything else that you would recommend for him? An insulated screwdriver, do you mention that? Yes. Yes, then you're fine. So uh, um, as far as the tool goes, if you don't feel confident using the alligator clips, um, Arcade Shop, uh, uh, Real Bob Roberts, they sell discharging tools that yes. are already made. And so if you want to be confident that like my alligator clip's not going to clip off whenever I discharge this thing, get one of those. If you want to be even more confident, Tim, high voltage probe, right? Right. So high voltage probe, if you stick it up there, it'll just suck all the juice out of it. It's it's right. it's actually the best method to do. It's just that the screwdriver method is cheaper. Um, and right. a high voltage <laughs> probe runs you, what, 30, 50 bucks, something like something that. Something like that. Um, it may be more now because the prices have gone up. Right. But, um, I mean, as far as rubber-soled shoes, um, gloves are, are definitely preferable. Insulated screwdriver is really good. But we Pro do. Probably if we took a poll right now, everybody has done those things the first or second time. But if you ask anybody who's done it more than five times, if they wear any of that stuff, they're going to say no. Right. It's really not a big a deal as most people make it out to be, Matt. So, don't, I, again, we, we want to say use caution. Yes, um, by all means, you don't want to get shocked, but you, I don't think it's what everybody has this fear of being life-threatening and stuff. If your game is unplugged, but like I said, I've had games that oh, after a week's time, you could have reached up there with the anode and grabbed it with your hand. That's just uh, the way the way it was. And then I've had others, man, I swear it had been months and months and months. They still packed a hard pop. I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, we had a game at Chuck E. Cheese one time called a Frantic Fred, and I swear that it's like you almost couldn't get the thing to discharge. We'd do it four or five times. And it would still, like the next day, you would come back and have a little bit. And you're like, really? It was the craziest game. Uh, it was a Pentac uh, monitor. But anyway, um, I think that, that that'll help you, Matt. Just 
you kind of get over that initial fear, it'll be okay. But by all means, take all the safety precautions that you want. It sound like you definitely would be okay with doing it that method. I just charged the monitor with the power on because somebody forgot to unplug it. Mm-hmm. I'm still here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm not much worse than what I'd be otherwise, I don't yeah. think. So, but yeah, I, I stuck a screw, screwdriver under there with it on. Anyway, buzz, 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 buzz. Yeah. You remember this. Yeah. Tim forgot to unplug the freaking thing. Yeah. So, um, anyway. It was on. Still alive. So, we're still good. But, uh, yeah. It doesn't matter if it discharges over time. Do it anyway. Right, Tim? Right. And do it a couple times. Yeah. Like, hit it like four or five times. Even when you take the, the anode off, hit I'm it again. I'm still kind of doing it. Yeah. I'm hit doing it, it with that same tool because it kind of will discharge it if there's anything left up there. Exactly. For sure. Um, so, Sean... On the NASCAR, he sees a VGA cable. He wants to see. He wants to plug a computer monitor up to it. You think that'd be okay? Yeah, it's worth a try because um, you may need to do a dip switch setting or something to tell it. Now I'm going to VGA. Right. But other than that, I don't. I don't see why not. Right. Um, that I think that'd be the key thing. Uh, he did send a picture, and it looks like it's the Sega model Tim of the NASCAR. And mm-hmm. so um, there's a manual out there. I don't know if I linked to it, Sean. If I didn't, I'm sorry about that. But you can find it online if you look up the manual. The manual should have what the dip switches are for the G- VGA output on that. And so you could try um, swapping that. Tim, this is a PC-based hardware, but it is also that four-letter word that you're not real fond of, Sega. Yeah. And so Sega games are usually very complicated, especially sit-down ones like this. And so, mm-hmm. but it is a PC-based system, so it's going to work a lot like a computer so you do if you hook up the computer monitor and you get the dip switches right it should come on and so that's what you want to test definitely worth a shot at this point for sure so uh tim any other any other things on any of these questions no i don't think so well let's go over them real quick just to double check everything so demiley 4771 in order to remove the joystick candle you will need to remove the e-clip that's holding it in place this will require accessing the inside of the control panel um, we like to use needle nose pliers and a small screwdriver. I didn't put that on here, Tim, mm-hmm. like you said, but to remove them, that's very important. Um, Matt, it is possible that a CRT may lose its charge over time. With that said, always better to go ahead and discharge it to make sure you don't get shocked. Always better. Always better. So, and then Sean, definitely worth hooking up a computer monitor to it at this point. You may need to change a setting or a dip switch in order to tell the game to go to VGA output instead of RGB. And Tim, I could have swore I saw that in the manual. And I'm sorry if I didn't link it over in the description below, Sean. But um, you can find it online. If you need help finding that, let us know. Is that it, Tim? I think so. <clears throat> yep. Um, Delusionals also discharged a monitor that was still on. We're in the same, we're in the, we're in the club together. Yeah. That's right. This is, this is not, we've all done stupid stuff before you don't check that it's not still plugged in before you stick a screwdriver up there yeah. or your buddy doesn't check that it's still plugged in when yeah. you stick a screwdriver up there i did a lot of times of course my hair used to be dark too that's right i, I don't know hey, you, hey, you maybe guys, all my feelings were in there at that before then but. i was about to say you've seen the the um troubleshooting games that are playing blind and his <laughs> right. hair goes all wacky you know so i mean that just goes to show you all that's happened right so that's always fun when you get arcing Ooh, yeah. that's fun yeah yeah so or fire Remember our joust that had fire? Yeah. So we had a, jo- a joust that... marshmallows for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, literally, like, the flyback, when you yeah. would turn it on, it was like a lighter. Yeah. <laughs> and literally, a little flame would come up from it. Never seen that before. So... So yeah, we could have rusted marshmallows on that thing. We got you literally. I, I think I think an operator must have rigged it up so he could do his cigarettes that way. Yeah, I I mean, that's the only thing I could, I could figure out. <laughs> I know. You know? I, thought I, like, of, I thought of that. When- when we used to have that game, I like I could just see some guy over there, you know, lighting it and, or a cigar. Right. Or exactly, literally, it just it's like a little lighter, like he rigged up or something. Of course, the monitor did not work, Tim. Um, it was a problem with the flyback, but it was very funny. I, I still don't know that. 
Now, Tim, we had some fun over Christmas. Of course. I made some memes. Yes. And mm -hmm. I hope that you guys enjoyed them. I'm going to put them up here if you haven't seen them. Mm -hmm. So um, these are all the ones that I think we put up on uh, Twitter and Facebook and everything okay. like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, the first one here, uh, you know, the dragon meme. Um, I want an arcade game that never breaks down. Okay. You know, obviously mm -hmm. it was that. When you move a working game across a room and it stops working, I've got the Charlie Brown there. Yeah. I really like that one. <laughs> uh, when you look inside the back of an arcade cabinet that's been on route since the 80s and it's just got wires everywhere like that. <coughs> I like somebody in the comments, I think, on that one put, um, what is up with this jammer harness? It's got lights all over. <laughs> right. You know, you may have Christmas lights in the back of one. I don't know, you know, at this point. And then that one in the upper corner, I think, was the favorite among um, the arcade repair tip staff. Uh, when your friend overhears you talking about rewiring a classic arcade cabinet, jamming and installing a 60 in one. Yeah. That's right. It's open there. Mouth. That's right. Exactly. Life so, boy. Yeah. That's right. Life <laughs> boy. That's right. So um, those are always fun. And uh, we like just having fun with memes, you know. Yeah. And so I, I did a meme too for the. Um, did you see the meme we did for the live show this month? Yeah. With, uh, with Tom from Tom and Jerry of kind course. of thing. And uh, that's a throwback to when Tim picked up the Arctic Thunder. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> what that is. Yeah. So. Um, that's so a story I, I, for another time. No, we'll tell it real quick. So <laughs> Tim comes up and he's like, I got this great deal on Arctic Thunder at the uh, arcade auction. auction. And um, hey, you know, that's cool. Okay, so let's open her up. It's not working, but... Not I, working. What would him... What did you pay, 250 for it? I think like 250 $250. $250. Man, for an Arctic Thunder, that's a deal. You look in the back, no chassis, no computer. Sure. No wiring. No wiring. Like, just totally gutted. It had a tube. It did have, it had a tube. <laughs> no that's chassis. About all you had. It had a that's tube. Right. It did have a tube. So yeah. we used to laugh because we disconnected the uh, seat. Yep. And that was more like we used the seat and rolled around yeah. and the seat became a, a nice uh, work a work stool for a I while. I think until uh, Connor and Jerry made a ramp and tried to jump something out in the yard. Oh, that's when it fit the dust. Anyway, we we used to have a lot of fun with that. It was a very expensive seat. That's right. Exactly. There you go. Um, a couple of, let's, uh, before we move on here with the, with more of the news section here too, I'm going to go back to the live chat. Steve says, is there any way to test an Atari big blue capacitor with a multimeter? I'm not getting the correct voltages from the main output on the power supply on asteroids machine. Is this a common problem? So big blues going out is a common problem, right? Yeah. That does very happen um, very, uh, very often. You can check big blue, but I think you'll need an ESR meter. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think you, cause it's a capacitor. So you're going to have to have something that tests capacitance. And so uh, typically that's an ESR meter or something that tests uh, capacitance I mean, tester. Some of your higher dollar me or more expensive meters have a capacitance tester in them. Uh, you can also check for open short, but more than likely you're going to need the ESR meter. Right. So you can check that. Um, but it is a common problem for big blues to go bad. Mm -hmm. happens all the time. There's a nice replacement that's like small green. Have you seen small green? Yes. Yeah, small green instead of big blue or right. whatever. So there's a little small green one that you put in there. And I say small, it's smaller. Right. It's not small <laughs> as far as capacitors go. But it is smaller. There's some smaller replacements that are actually a little bit nicer too. So you can go with one of those. But um, yeah, it's a common problem. Big blue's going bad. It happens over time. So, I mean, you may just need to replace that. Um, RKDude44 says he's a member of the club. Um, instant lighting storm inside the cabinet. Yeah, so somebody else is charging monitors without actually turning them off. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Uh, I think we're, what are we going to call the club? I think I'm going to call it um, Discharged, uh, discharged and on monitor and survive. Right? Yeah. So, so <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, survi we're survival, shocked, survivalist. So there you go. So, um, Matt, the. the Hopefully you've conquered your fear now to know that uh, all these people have actually done it with it turned on. So make sure as long as you're turned off, you're really safe. Now at the Houston show one year, we took a live monitor 
and had people come up and discharge it. Yes. Which was awesome. We showed a video Yeah, I think it's still on our YouTube channel. There's a video of people discharging monitors. For the or, first time. For the first time, which is fun. So um, we bring them up. They do it. Instant fear conquered, right? Mm-hmm. So it was great. So anyway. Uh, let's see. Are we caught up? We're caught up. Okay, so Tim, let's get to some of this news now. A couple of these things we'd already um, we already covered, kind of, or you'll see on like the outline stuff uh, mm-hmm. that we have. But we have several new things that just broke this week that we'll have to talk right. about as well. So let's cover the um, the stuff that we already kind of kind of hit ahead of time first that we posted on social media. The first thing was that there was incredible lost Michael Jackson Sega game footage uncovered by fans. This is from Forbes. So previously unseen footage of Michael Jackson as the lead actor in in the largely unknown Advanced System 1 motion simulator game Scramble Training has finally been made public by a pair of Sega enthusiasts. Until now, Scramble Training's experience was limited only to shaky, poor-quality camcorder footage uh, from the 90s. However, following the chance discovery of Ben Bisley, we can finally see every piece of footage from Sega's strangest collaboration with the late King of Pop. And so, Tim, um, this is incredible footage. And yeah. apparently he found it at like a um, yard sale or something wow. like that. And so it was just in a box of like like posters and stuff. And um, the rip is fantastic. And I tell you what, I mean, the relationship between Sega and Michael Jackson was tighter, I think, than a lot of people mm-hmm. realized. Uh, we all know that there is, of course, the Moonwalker games, but we also and we also know that he did some of the music for Sonic Three, and there's some other things. But he actually acted in their stuff too, mm-hmm. which is pretty interesting. And Tim, um, I know we've talked about the documentary and some of the allegations and things that have come out. But when I was a kid, I was a huge Michael Jackson fan. I thought he was so cool, and mm-hmm. uh, watching this footage was very interesting. If you haven't seen it, everybody it's wanted cool. to go to Neverland and play games. He yeah, had games exactly. at his house. Yeah, all Sega titles. All right. <laughs> so, um, but if you haven't seen the footage yet. Check it out because I think the footage itself, you can tell where like um, there's different scenarios. And so he does different scenarios based on whatever the game, the simulator is doing. Oh, like nice. whether you crash or whether you fly or whatever. Well, I haven't so, not watched it yet. I'll try to make time and do that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. So take some time to watch that footage. Let us know what you think. I thought I found it very interesting. And as a, a Michael Jackson fan from back in the day, Tim, it was it was actually cool to see. So. Okay. Um, this, Tim, was something that Mark posted, some pinball news here. Spooky Pinball announces Scooby-Doo Where Are You Pinball Machine. So Spooky Pinball has announced that their next release will be based on the Hanna-Barbera animated series Scooby-Doo Where Are You. The game is based on the original cartoon series rather than any of the spinoffs or reboots. So it features the original five cast members, Fred Jones, Daphne Blake, Velma Dinkley, Norville Shaggy Rogers, and of course, Scooby-Doo. So there you go, Tim. Have you seen any of the footage of the game? Um, any pictures no, of the playfield and stuff? It looks really cool. Uh, Spooky always does a really good job with their games, Tim. So I look forward to playing it. Maybe we can play it at Pinball Festival. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, so it'd be great. Hopefully we'll get a chance to go. But, um, uh, you know, Spooky has been putting out a lot of great games, Tim. Especially, you know, um, over the last year or so. They put out some great titles. And so this sounds like a really big get for them. That's yeah. it's definitely a game that's up their alley as far as theme goes. I would love to own a Scooby pinball. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm excited to play it. Excited to give it a shot. And hopefully, um, hopefully we'll get to do that sometime very soon. Uh, Tim, this was kind of big news, but kind of not. Um, this is really something that had been announced. So yeah. it was announced earlier this year that Gary Stern was going to step down as CEO of Stern pinball, but the announcement was made that it's official now. And so now it is official. Stern has made a series of announcements about changes to their senior management roles. Gary Stern has officially stepped down as CEO. Current company president Seth Davis will take over the role. Gary will continue in his position of chairman of the board for the company. 
Um, Shelly Sachs Eldridge Logistics and Michael O'Donnell, CFO, have both announced their retirements as well. So there you go. Um, so, Tim, this is, uh, I know it's kind of sad news in a way, mm. but Gary's getting on up there in years. And well, it was kind of a good news, bad news. Right. I mean, sad was, news, good news. Yeah, and um, Shelly had been with the company forever. Mm-hmm. A lot of you people who may have called Stern and dealt with their logistics department may have talked to her. Mm-hmm. So uh, she had been with Stern for a very long time. Michael O'Donnell had been with Stern for a very long time as well. And so it's not it's not a shock that both of them are announcing retirements. I mean, I think 20 years, each of them had been there at least 20 years, Tim. So very common. And as far as Gary goes, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a while, Mm -hmm. you know, he's been over the company for a long time now, probably about time to kind of step back a little bit and let, and let some other people take over. And so, um, this was, like I said, announced earlier in the year, Tim, but it's just now kind of come to fruition here at the end of the year. And so, um, you know, kind of sad in a way, because Gary was such kind of a figurehead for the company and everything, but um, he's not going away completely. He'll still be a part of the board. Um, he's just stepping down for that. He he gave away his president to um, to uh, uh, to Seth earlier in the year, and now he's just giving him the CEO uh, title as as well. So, okay, there we go. Um, before we move on, Tim Steve says, "How often do you guys do live shows? When is your next live show? First Thursday night of every month." Right? Right. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. First Thursday night of every month unless something changes. Right. So we usually announce ahead of time if we can't for whatever reason. We have like a 95% track record on that probably on first Thursday night of the month. So, I mean, we're pretty good. So 5.30 Mm -hmm. p.m. Central Time, first Thursday night of the month. So, and if you stay tuned to our Twitter and Facebook pages, they'll keep you up to date. We send out a message usually a couple days before letting you know that there's a live show coming up. We set up an event on our Facebook page showing when the next one is. And then, of course, on the day of, we send out a message as well. So... Again, first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Current photograph. Where is Scrappy? Well, you know, Scrappy was not part of the original Scooby-Doo cast, right? Right. So we all know Scrappy. Not in there. Sorry, current, current photo, photograph about that. Um, Delusionals Arcade 0720K. Have you heard about this? The special no. edition uh, 007 that's 20K? Mm-mm. Yeah. So they released Only one. Thousand. Did you see the... It's like the... Sit- it's like the 60th anniversary, is it? Okay. I think it is 007 cabinet, and it is $20,000. Is there And there's only 600 of them. Wow. Well, so um, they're going to sell out. Yeah. Who's buying these things? Are you guys buying these things? If you're buying these things, let us know in the right. live chat. I've got some property that we need to talk about. Right. Um, but no, I mean, this is... Uh, pinball machines are getting crazy. Now, Tim, um, we've talked about economy, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm getting ready to... I'm preparing for a recession. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's probably a good idea for all of you guys out there. I'm preparing. I don't Me know too. if it'll happen. But with that in mind, I just want to know who are who are the people buying these huge pinball machines? Because, I mean, it's crazy. I Influencers, mean, I guess. I guess so, because it's a lot of money. 20K is a lot of money, guys, <laughs> on a pinball machine. So, um, you know, but um, hey, if you got it and you can spend it, more power to you. All right. So, like and follow and invite 10,000 people. That's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Joe says, how about Buster of Dave and Buster's? Such a sad end. That's the next Goodness. story. Transition, right, Tim? Wow. So let's go. Actually, it's not quite the next one, but we'll go ahead and go there since I read it, right? So James Buster Corley, co-founder of Dallas-based Dave and Buster's, dead at 72. James Buster Corley, one of the co-founders of the successful entertainment company Dave and Buster's, has died at 72. 
Corley died January 2nd at his home near White Rock Lake, which Tim actually have a lot of family that lives like right in that area. A representative with Dave & Buster's said Corley was an innovative and creative force. His pioneering spirit and steadfast belief that everybody is somebody set the foundation for bringing food and games to millions of Dave & Buster's guests over the past 40 years. Uh, Tim, I don't want to get into too much about the way he died, but um, it's pretty sad, kind of like what Joe said here. And so um, just really thinking about and our hearts go out to his family, our prayers go out to his family and friends because man it was um just a rough well, it's kind it was of rough. a shock to yeah. me to read it and to see that i was it made me really sad me too um me and tim are are unabashedly um unabashed fans of is that how you would say it yeah we are big fans of dave and busters we sure. love dave and busters i went to dave and busters when we went to the national video game museum i think i mentioned that tim mm-hmm. um i am a dave and busters stockholder still I love Dave and Buster's. They are one of my favorite places to go. And so um, this is just really sad news because this guy was a big part of what made Dave and Buster's Dave and Buster's, especially in the early years, Tim. And so mm-hmm. um, just again, our hearts and prayers go out to his family. Uh, rough stuff. And WFAA, Tim, is the local news station that uh, that kind of covered all that. And just sad. Just sad. So, um, Tim, what, what was that? Was that like last year, like right at the beginning of the year where we just had like death story after death story there for yeah, a while or, like golly it. i mean that's just heartbreaking guys none of us are getting any any younger and i heard somebody say like once you once you pass 40 is like when you start losing people you know like you get a call from like a you know somebody's wife out of the blue and yeah and it's like, well you, you know, know what i honestly i do now because you know you have like your hundred friends that you know and keep up with all the time but i probably have five thousand people on my facebook that a lot of them are people that i went to junior high with I actually get to where if it's somebody I haven't seen in forever, I'll see if it's their birthday. I'm going to go, okay, let me make sure that they haven't passed on because I've had several class members that have went on and you feel dumb if you're like, happy birthday, and somebody's like, oh, they died like three years ago right, or something. So, um, But at the same time, uh, I always tend to think that everybody has a birth date, not a birth in. So you can always celebrate somebody's birthday that they were born no matter if they're still here with us or not. But one thing we do want to remind everybody is that um, we don't always mention this every live show, but you know, one of our missions with Arcade Repair Tips was always to share the knowledge, but was to develop a community of people. And, uh, and if we've never said it before, we really do care. We care about you and what you're going through. And we both have been through some stuff in our lives. There's been times when... You know, I really didn't know if I could make it or go on to the next day. Or, And I, I, I've seen some friends go through some things. And I always know that everything is temporary. And I've seen them really go through some heart-wrenching stuff, but come out of it. You know, there's always a end out there. And so one thing that we've always said that, you know, you can always write us, even if it's not arcade-related. If you're going through a tough time, you just need a listening ear or a friend we want you guys to know that we're here for you, and I'll, I'll leave it at that, John. Absolutely, and so, uh, especially this time of year, Tim, it seems like it hits people a little bit harder after the yeah. holidays, kind of get that after Christmas lull, totally understand. Uh, what is it, the third Monday in January is Blue Blue Monday, and that's like one of the worst mental health days. Um, guys, if you're struggling with that, you know, reach out to somebody. If it's right. not us, reach out to a professional or reach out to a professional mental health. Get you some, you know, get some help. Guys, there's no shame in getting with a mental health, mm-hmm. health professional. I know, um, 
you know, I think when uh, we were growing up, Tim, sometimes we looked at down on people who may have right. wanted that help. There's no shame oh. in that. You know, saying going to somebody to get help like that, if it helps you, that's important. And, and so it, do it. Make time. If you're to do struggling, it. it's okay. Yeah. Everybody struggles. Everybody goes through something. And I had a, a former boss that posted on Facebook, and he was just pretty much laying it out there. Guys, I haven't been in touch with people because I have not been well. I have not been myself, and I want to be, and I'm not there yet. But I just want you to know that I am hurting. And so, you know, sometimes it's okay to, to be like, let it, let somebody know. Because uh, it's probably more people care than you realize. And uh, so if, if nobody else, we, we care. And uh, we, we have a great group of people that join us every month. Uh, some of you are new here tonight. You'll find that there's a lot of regulars here. And uh, we care for each other. And we support each other in our hobby. But we also support each other just as human beings. And I know we'll talk about this some in the live show. You know, we had an event happen on a football game the other night that really made everything. Football is just a game. Right. You know? And uh, I think we saw people really come together and stuff. So... Um, you know, I think that that's what the whole world needs. We all need to come together. We got a lot of negativities, not a, not a negative stuff. And it's hard to, and sometimes you can internalize that. And sometimes it's rightfully so. I mean, like you've done some mistakes or you've messed up. But let me tell you, there's always, if anybody's made plenty of mistakes, it's me. There's always a brighter tomorrow. There's always something to look forward to. Um, there's always sunny days uh, or mountaintop experiences. Don't give up. Hang in there. Um, and we're here for you if you ever need anything. Uh, Joe says, if anybody ever needs to talk, look me up. It's easy to find me. I will chat for hours about games, etc. Jumping General says, a stranger is a friend you have not met yet. That's and good. that's exactly, guys, this is exactly what we're talking about. This is the kind of community that we like. And, you know, Tim, I just have this philosophy. And I, I'm religious. I don't hide that. We don't hide that. And it's like, look, if, if I wake up in the morning and my feet hit the ground, God's got a plan for me. Yeah. Okay, because otherwise I wouldn't be here is what I really believe. And so and I would say the same thing to you. If you wake up tomorrow and your feet hit hit the ground, you've got there's a plan for you. Right. So know what never never lose sight of that. That's very important. But if you need to reach out to somebody, reach out to us, reach out to a friend, family member, right. health professional, mental health professional, somebody, because I can guarantee you um, it'll help you. It'll help you. So and yeah. that's that's important. You know? If you need a friend, there's also somebody else that needs a friend too. And mm -hmm. sometimes to uh, be it to make friends, you have to be a friend, and so look for people, a uh, volunteer at a local shelter or um, feed the homeless or whatever. Do something giving makes you a better person, but it also helps everybody else to know that they're important. So, even if you're here right now, I appreciate you guys saying that. Um, maybe you're not struggling right now, but. I guarantee you, everybody has. Everybody is going through something. So always be kind. Be kind to that person at the grocery store. Be kind to the person at Walmart. Be kind to the person that's taking care of your oil change or whatever it is. Because you don't know what they're going through when they get off work or, or whatever they're going through that day. So just be kind everywhere you go, and it will come back to you ten to hundredfold. Absolutely. Okay. Enough of that, Tim. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us to two more news stories, and All then right, we're gonna go. roll roll out here. Um, this one, Tim, the Mortal Kombat 2 source code was was leaked online. Okay. So, um, Mortal Kombat 2 source code has surfaced online. It's available on GitHub. Various users on Twitter and YouTube have already documented the alluring details beneath 
Hiding beneath all the leaked material, the leak will allow modders and the community to create more ports and mods that could breed new life into the well-renowned nostalgic game. So there you go. So, um, Tim, there's already been a lot of um, different like uh, animation assets and things that have been released from the game, and it's very interesting to see some of the stuff that was cut, including some fatalities oh, and some nice. different animations and stuff. And so um, you can check out that article, which we also have linked below down in the description, to see some of the stuff that people have found. It's I just find it interesting because a lot of that stuff that's still in the game Mm -hmm. um when it gets released is stuff that must have got cut really close to when the game was released right and so that's like the stuff that almost made it in the game but didn't quite make mm. it there and so if you want to see some of that stuff highly recommend you check out uh that link uh to the uh to the article and some of the twitter things that it links to as well you'll see some really interesting stuff uh, a couple other things here. Arcade Dude 44, same here. We've all been through some tough times. I'm available too. We can chat about games, whatever. Mark says, hello, I'm new here from Canada, Vancouver. We all hit speed bumps in our lives. And that's true. Very true. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, Okay, last little news nugget here, Tim. And this was kind of the last big news, I guess, that we have. It's Arcade 1UP. Okay. Um, released a lot of stuff for CES, Tim. So um, probably the most surprising thing was the Wheel of Fortune right. Casino Cade. <laughs> right. Um, very interesting, Tim. I think that's... Somebody said that they thought that was for the HSN slash QBC <laughs> crowd. It Maybe. could be. I don't know. But um, I think it's interesting that they're trying that out. And then on the arcade front, Tim, it was the deluxe cabinets that, mm -hmm. um, that they got to show off here. And so... Um, here we have um, the Arcade One Ups Wheel of Fortune Casino Cade Deluxe is planned for a spring or early summer release with pricing estimated to be under 500 for that. Okay. The Arcade One Up Deluxe line of cabinets will feature a 3D coin door, okay. tilted monitor like the original arcade games, um, a light up marquee, and they are going to be, um, they seem to be as tall as their regular offerings with the riser installed. That is now confirmed. 61 okay. inches tall on that Pac Man. Nice. So that is five foot one inch. Right. So, um, not quite as tall as an, an actual arcade game, but close. But, yeah. Getting closer. Um, Tim, if you want me to, I can do my uh, I can do my impression of an arcade one up YouTuber. Okay. I am done with arcade one up. Man, these <laughs> things stink. I hate these things. And then after CES, man, look at those deluxe cabinets. They look awesome. Okay. Man, this is amazing. I've never seen anything like this before. Okay, how was that? Wow, that was actually pretty accurate. I know. Have you seen these videos? <laughs> yes. I, look, you guys are on YouTube. You obviously are because you're watching us. There are there are these arcade one up bloggers and vloggers, video bloggers. They're like, I'm done with arcade one up. Blah blah blah. And yeah. they have, and you know, they they have all these arcade one ups, and it says, I'm done with arcade one up on the bottom, and the guy's like, like this on the yeah. picture and everything <laughs> like this. Have you seen these? Yes. Yeah. So okay. they're they're are they upset that they're actually getting more close to an arcade game now? Now they got a lighted up marquee. <laughs> I wanted just a plain one, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Guys, look, I don't care if you're done with Arcade One. I don't care if you buy one every time they release one. Do what you want, and don't feed the don't feed that, please. Don't feed those videos. Okay, look, Tim, we don't sensationalize much around here. Not okay, much. we do from time to time. Okay, we're we guilty. Are. We're guilty. I, pro I I will say that. But literally, you have people who are releasing like these videos like every other week or whatever it is, and they're mm -hmm. always, you know. You're always done. Exactly. We're slow, we're consistent, and we try not to sensation <laughs> sensationalize too we much. we got real problems. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, exactly. So, um, if you're done with one up, well, good. If yeah. you want to buy every cabinet they release, good. <laughs> Here's the deal. I'm in the middle, and I think most of us are. I've got some arcade one-ups. Tim, you you I bought my first one. You totally like buried the lead. <laughs> right. You didn't even talk about it at the beginning. Tim bought his first arcade one-up. What'd you buy? I bought an NFL Blitz. 
which I thought was a great idea. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I know we talked about it not having the late hits. I know mm-hmm. we talked about it not, like, they're take, they took out some of the different things from it. But, mm-hmm. guys, the core of Blitz is still fun. Even if you take that stuff out, still a good game. Yeah. I I mean, and and you for the price you paid, you got, got on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's well worth it. Yes. I mean, for sure. And so I'm going to go over to Tim's house and play Blitz at some point. <laughs> well, because, when he gets it together. Yeah. And it has online play, which is nice, too. Yeah, Because, I mean, play, you know, you, the... you can only play the computer so many times. And, you know, I don't have people at my arcade often enough to play against them. So, I mean, you know, it's like... It's nice to have online play. I have two nephews that are seven and five, and I really want to get together and teach them how to play Blitz. Absolutely. Blitz have fun. is fun. They so, like watching football. They exactly. Like... So, I mean, look, I have some Arcade 1-Up cabinets, guys. Now, here's the deal. I don't pay full price for them. I always wait till they go on sale. Tim, you mm-hmm. wait till they go on mm-hmm. sale. I don't think at the prices that they retail for that they're worth it to me. Now, right. maybe worth it to you. Um, I don't know. I have several of them, though. I bought. I talked about buying The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy with The Simpsons. I have no problems with it. We played it. It's fun. Um, I've got, I mean, Tim sees all... I've got a um, Golden Tea that's really fun. The Golden mm-hmm. Tea is fine. And the Pinball Machine, you guys know I bought because you saw, you know, I have the Tech from Mars Pinball Machine. It It's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like playing on my phone, except it's got the kicker feedbacks in it, and it's got the bigger screen and everything like that. It's like, I play... I play pinball arcade on my phone, Tim. It's the same thing. Right. You know, so, I mean, all these people who are going crazy over, over, like, all these video bloggers that are, that are, like, hot one minute, cold the next, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. It's all just sensationalism. Just ignore them, please. Don't feed that. <laughs> that's what I would tell you. Don't feed it. So, anyway, am I done? I think we're done. Okay, that's my rant. So, um, let's see. Delusional's arcade, full size, seeing is believing. So, 61 inches. So if I take a tape measure to this, this is bigger than 61 inches, yes. I guarantee you. Um, so it's not quite full size. It is the size it would be with the riser, which is not quite full size. About right. cabaret size. Cabaret size. Cabaret size is yeah. really what it is. Um, YouTube Punk apparently liked, liked my impression. Okay. Accurate. <laughs> Accurate. So um, current phonograph, I think eBay is too expensive. Oh, this is, um, I was going to say that was from... Um, that was from, let me go back here. That was from Steve. Steve said, looking to sell some of my older video games, would you recommend eBay as the platform? Uh, or is there a better a better platform would recommend for older classics? So if you're talking about arcade games, you really should stick with local. So Facebook Marketplace is pretty good for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got like um, OfferUp and some of those as well, 5 Miles. Um, and you also, I mean, people sometimes still use Craigslist. I don't use it as much as I used to, Tim. I think Facebook Marketplace is really kind of replaced that. But well, if you're selling is, arcade games, I think local is best because you don't have to worry about shipping and things. If you're selling older console games, I don't know if you're going to do better price-wise than eBay. Probably not. So um, you got to remember, though, eBay takes a pretty good chunk. And so you just have to, you know... But here's the thing. With classic console games, Tim, mm-hmm. you're going to get more on eBay than you will anywhere else. And it's probably going to cover what your fees are going to be. So Correct. something to keep in mind. So, um, and that's what current, current Phonograph was replying to that. I think eBay is too expensive. I prefer to buy from Craigslist. Delusional's Arcade, Facebook Marketplace is also a great source to sell or buy. And it's usually local, which is nice. I agree. Um, let's see. Um, Mark says, I hate to say it. Arcade 1UP helps the gaming industry in my books. It does. Look, yeah. here's the deal. There's a lot of people out there who, can't affi- who could not afford full-size arcade cabinets that have Arcade 1UPs and they're perfectly happy with them. And I say, good for you. Because I mean I don't have any I don't have any animosity towards people who like arcade one ups. Um, I I 
think for some of people who have arcade one-ups, like that's the gateway drug to getting into real arcade collecting. I think that's right. happened to some <laughs> people. And that's what I was hoping would happen because I, you know, that helps us in a way. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's a lot of people who just have arcade one-ups and they're fine with them. Now, we've talked a lot about running arcade one-ups in commercial environments. Um, that's still very suspect and I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. No. Okay, like we've talked about. But um, as far as the legal goes, like we talked about, Tim, no police is going to come get you. Right. I mean, you know, it's not like, I mean, you know, it, it's, it, you know, it's just one of those, it's not a legal gray area because technically it's not legal. It's just one of those things where who's going to enforce it? You know, I mean, unless somebody enforces their copyright, then, then you really, you won't have anybody coming after you. Right, Tim? <coughs> unless they right. enforce it. So, <coughs> uh, let's see. Um... Hayesville Arcade, great show, guys. Thank you for your arcade tips. You're welcome. Uh, then we have Steve. Thanks for all the great advice. Great show. Um, arcade Dude 64 just received my At Games Legends pinned. I love it. I can't wait to get a PC and set up uh, pinks, etc. on it. Yeah. So the Arcade <coughs> Legends stuff is just as good, Tim. Mm -hmm. Like um, I have the Arcade Legends joystick sitting here, the two-player one. Um, that stuff's really good, too. In fact, if you're an arcade person and you want to set up like a main machine, in a lot of cases, that's better. For that kind of thing. So, um, let's see. <clears throat> Mafia Boss Plankton. I, I found the games in my collection from the cool members on KLOV and Arcade Projects Forums. Those are good places to try too, right, Tim? Mm -hmm. KLOV has been around forever. It's a great place. You can sign up there. Um, Arcade Projects Forums are good too. So, check that out. So, Mark, I wonder if Tim is a PCB hoarder. Are you a PCB hoarder? Not anymore. No. Used to. <clears throat> I I have several that I'm I've got over to the side. I'm not a hoarder per se, but I definitely have like a set of about twenty that I kind of keep that I'm waiting for cabinets for or whatever. Just want to keep. So not really so much hoarders anymore. We used to be. Yeah. We used to be more of that when Tim had his shop. Doesn't. Yeah, but when he moved, don't have the shop anymore. Nope. I, yeah. So I mean that's not not as much of a thing. But anyway. Okay, Tim. Are we done? I done. Okay, let's let's wrap this thing up real quick. Uh, we do want to remind you guys that we want your arcade-related videos. So if you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're, we're looking for people to submit short videos, 10 minutes or less, about arcade-related topics. Uh, send the link of your video to questions at arcaderepairtips.com, and our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure to put a plug-in for your channel so people will know where to find you. We look forward to seeing your submissions. Tim, I'm going to add something to this. Okay. If you would like Tim or myself to come on, on your channel... Oh. And and um, you know be and be a guest or something like that. You can do that as well. That'd be fun. So um, if you have a a um, if you have a if you have a YouTube channel and you're a YouTuber and you would like either me or Tim to uh, come to your channel, bring maybe a portion of our audience with us to your channel, then you can hit us up at questions at arcaderepairtips.com as well, and we will and we will uh, we will consider it. So I won't necessarily say we do it. We'll do it. It depends on you know scheduling and things like that, but. Um, you know, our goal here, Tim, is to help other YouTube channels. So, like, let's say you're one of these YouTube channels that's on the edge of being monetized. Because it used to be easier to be monetized. Now mm -hmm. it's not. It's a little bit diff more difficult. So, like, let's say you're on the edge of that and you just need a little bit of a push to get over that. Then uh, you can submit a video to us. We'll play it on our channel. Hopefully that will kick some people over to you. Or if you want to have me or, me or Tim on as a guest on your YouTube channel, uh, hopefully some of our subscribers will float over your channel from that as well so um if you want if you're interested in either one of those avenues please give us an email at questions at arcaderepairtips.com and we can explore those so and then tim let's go to our contact information we have our um our general email at questions at arcaderepairtips.com questions at arcaderepairtips.com um put live show in the subject to get it mentioned on the show again send an email to questions at arcaderepairtips.com um, if you would like to get in touch with us 
We also have our YouTube page at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. Of course, those of you who are here live, obviously obviously know where to find us on YouTube, but if you don't, you can go to youtube.arcaderepairtips.com and check it out. Uh, Tim, we mentioned it at the top of the show, but I'll mention it again. If you're listening to the audio version of this, then um, then you will need to go to the YouTube episode for this, or the YouTube um, video for this episode to see the after show, right, Tim? So if you're listening to this on the audio feed and you'd like to check out the after show, make sure you look up this episode number, 71, and the video for it on YouTube at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com and you can watch it there. And then we have our podcast feed that contains our live show audio, interviews, question answer podcast, etc. And you can check that out on iTunes at itunes.arcaderepairtips.com, itunes.arcaderepairtips.com. We also have it on our Spotify page at spotify.arcaderepairtips.com and Stitcher at stitcher.arcaderepairtips.com or wherever fine podcasts are aggregated. So if you look up Arcade Repair on pretty much any podcast platform, Tim, you'll probably find our podcast. Check that out. So uh, make sure you check... Uh, make sure you check out those avenues if you want to listen to the podcast audio feed. And we would appreciate any five-star reviews that you have uh, to leave those on our iTunes page as well. And if you um, if you don't have a five-star review, email us and let us know what we're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we'll be happy to discuss it with you. So there you go. We're always up for constructive criticism. Keyword, constructive. Right. So there we go. And then we have our social media pages. We have our Facebook page at facebook.arcaderepairtips.com, facebook.arcaderepairtips.com, and our Twitter feed at twitter.arcaderepairtips.com. All of the information pretty much gets cross-posted, so if you follow us on one or the other, you're getting pretty much the same stuff. Um, And we do want to thank Mark, our community manager, for all of his contributions, especially the spooky pinball stuff this month, Tim. Um, Mark is a great guy, always helps us out. We thank him for his service. So there you go. Um, Tim, on our social media pages, you can also find all those fantastic memes that we released. Yes. Including that new uh, Tom one that you can check out as well. So there you go. You guys are always posting good deals and things like that. Yep. From time to time, we do good deals as well. So um, definitely a good place to check out our social media pages. Again, facebook.arcaderepairtips.com and twitter.arcaderepairtips.com for those. A um, couple of things here. Uh, let's see. Big D Retro says, yep, 1UP has led me into full-size collecting. There you oh, go. Good. I told you. I told you guys. I told you guys this years ago that some of these one up arcade one up people who are who've gotten now are going to transition into full size cabinet collecting. Didn't I say that? For go sure. back and check like episode thirty something <laughs> <laughs> of the of the live show, and you'll probably get that. Oh, and those of you guys who have only been checking out the live show, we have like a ton of question and answer audio podcasts that date back like all the way to what two thousand nine. So golly, I mean, Tim. We only do a show once a month, but there's enough back content there that you can be busy for several months, if not years. So um, we definitely have a lot of content out there for you guys if you want to check it out. I appreciate all the people who are going through the back catalog over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, you noticed that? Yes. Oh, man. I saw a, all of a lot of our past episodes were ticking up in views and things. Ah. Thank you. Thank you for going back and watching the old ones. We appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. I, I like that. So it, it means that you're interested and hopefully they're just as entertaining as when we filmed them. Filmed them. So. <laughs> Although well, they probably aren't. So there you go. Um, let's see. I'm um, looking here. Jumping General, can you recommend someone that can do board repairs? I have a Robocop PCB with lines across the screen. My monitor is good. 
it's something wrong with the board. So if you go to arcaderepairtips.com slash resources, there is a board repair heading that has a whole bunch of people that we recommend. Um, we do recommend Raymond at Arcade Components. We've mm -hmm. Raymond is so awesome. Um, he does great work on board repair. Highly recommend him. But there are a bunch of other people there too that you can look at that will also help you out. So it's not just him. You'll find you'll find a lot of them there. Again, arcaderepairtips.com slash resources. Check out the board repair section for a list of people you can send your board off to. Uh, and it does depend on what kind of board you have. So he said it was a, um, let's see, it was a RoboCop. So newer, or kind of like an early style JAMA board. Um, you know, there, like I said, there are several people that will repair that for sure. Some are more expensive than others. We love Eldorado games. They're fast, but they're expensive. Mm -hmm. So, and um, what's the Speedy's one-stop board repair? Right. Have you seen that? Like, yeah. Speedy's is good too. Again, expensive. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, a lot of these people are really good. Some are going to charge you more than others depending on if they run this as a business or if it's a hobby for them, things like that. So, Correct. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, let's see. Um, Joe says, um, Facebook Marketplace has pretty much taken over for, like, sales. I've seen that, too. Craigslist seems to be more abandoned than usual. Okay, so. Yeah, I don't ever go there. Hardly so, for any. Never. He also says he can't stand Arcade 1-Up, but I really want one of the Tron ones. I sold my original Tron in the early 90s for 200 and felt... Oh, God. And, yeah. and felt like I did good. <laughs> yeah. Well, who would have thought? Oh, my goodness. Tron has just skyrocketed. Um, the only thing about the, um, Tron Arcade 1-Up is I've seen the joysticks break. It's pretty common, so uh, just keep that in mind. You may need to get a replacement joystick. Arcade 1-Up support is pretty good about replacing those, but they break on the regular, so. Um, Arcade Dude 64 at California Extreme. About eight years ago, I saw a Tron for 800 bucks. I tried to call, but some woman beat me to it and called him five minutes earlier. Oh, well, someday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Trons are going for like two grand or three grand now. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, not they're definitely more desirable than they were, and they're not making any more of them. So um, if you can get your hold of if you can get a hold of a board set, um, Tim at one time had a cabinet made, yeah. and we I mean we we were planning to build one from scratch, which you ended up selling that project. I sold everything. But you can build one from scratch if you wanted to. It's not mm -hmm. that not that bad. So right. I mean maybe something to consider if you want to go that route. Maybe cheaper at this point. Right, maybe. There we go. Okay, Tim. Well, that wraps it up for the regular for the regular live show. We will be going on to the after show now. For those people who have not watched this before, the after show is just like the regular show, except no subject is off limits. We can talk about anything we want. Most of the time, we talk about stuff outside of arcade repair. There. So, Tim, with that in mind, what teases would you like to put in for the after show? You talked about football, right? So we'll talk some football. We'll have some uh, movies and things that we watched. Uh, we had some pretty interesting uh, sporting event. Oh yeah. Uh, things that happened yeah so like um a texas about. team is in the college football championship game yes uh we'll talk about that we'll talk about the world cup final for those of you people who are soccer fans or football fans mm -hmm. <laughs> depending on how you say it um we'll be talking about some nba nhl and of course um tim mentioned the big injury that happened in the nfl we'll talk about that a little bit um we also um uh, Gravier 2, who was in the house earlier, had a couple of questions for after show stuff, and so we'll we'll answer those, including how did that hot hot tub work out for us? Okay. Because uh, last uh, right. last month we te I teased that I bought an inflatable That's hot a tub. Quite, great question. Exactly. I bought an inflatable hot tub, and as you can see, we are not in it right now, so obviously that gives you a little bit of a hint, but we can talk about that. And uh, he also was wondering if we ever bought AMC or GameStop when it went crazy. We and we can talk about that. Mm -hmm. And of course, TV shows, movies. Um, one that we both watched 
Watch 10 that we both enjoyed, um, and so, and things like that. So okay. if, you, if you're interested in talking uh, just general entertainment, pop culture stuff, or even arcade repair-related questions, we do answer those in the after show as well. Please stay tuned here in about 5 or 10 minutes if you're watching this live, and we'll be back for that. But if this is your off-ramp, you're getting off here, you're going to go uh, watch the rest of the Mavericks game if you're like me, Tim, or if you're going to go mm -hmm. do something else, we want to thank you for joining us for the regular live show this month. And we do want to remind you again, it is the first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. We will be back here with you next month, February, Tim. And we look forward to seeing you then. Tim, anything before we head out and uh, no. go to the after show or take off? It's nice to hear uh, see some new faces in the crowd and the chat room today thank you for being here hope that you come back sometime absolutely thank you guys man this was a big crowd uh, and we we love that tim mm -hmm. I, it, when it makes the show when we have more people here we love having you guys here we always have the saying here tim it's not the same without you and you know why because you're interacting with us during the show right. so when you're here it's like you're a part of the show, and it really is. You know, me and Tim sit up here, we're on a camera, and we're just talking to you guys. But it's you guys that we're interacting with, so we want to thank all the people who are here for the live show tonight. And hopefully, if you weren't here to watch it live, you'll be back with us for the next one in February. Well, Tim, I don't think there's anything left to say. We got the after show after this, so stay tuned for that. But otherwise, if this is your off-ramp, we do want to remind you that here are Arcade Repair Tips when we fix the game. Play the game. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you in the after show, or we'll see you in February for our next episode. Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.